And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. And once again, we are back for the latest edition of the Weighing In Podcast because we had some outstanding fights throughout the week. On Thursday, we had Bellator with the Featherweight Grand Prix and people moving on. And then tonight we had the UFC with RDA versus the last-minute replacement in Paul Felder. It was a good fight. Paul Felder fought his ass off. I don't know what one of the judges was thinking. He judges very similar to you, Josh. So <laughs> I didn't have Paul winning the fight, by the way. I had Paul winning a round. That was a, a, round. a big difference. A big holy, difference. Holy but Jesus, what are what is going on? Are people blind? Yeah. I'm putting I, blind people. We had some we had some bad uh decisions as well. Not not this Bellator. Oh my god. Not this Bellator. Yeah, we still had some bad scores. I was trying we to remember bad one scores. That we had. No bad decisions. No bad decisions. Bad, bad scores. scores. Yeah, the right person yeah. still won. Yes. yes. Thank God. Gosh, man. So That's really in the end what it is. You know, RDA deserved to win. If he doesn't get the win, then it's a fucking crime. But yeah. he got the win, so it's all good. He had two judges there that actually saw that were watching the fight. Yeah. So all right. Well, let's uh I guess let's just get into tonight's fight and then we'll talk about Bellator and then we'll talk about the news. We'll talk about all the yeah, stuff we can talk about. Stuff going like, on. And then you know, at the end we'll we'll finish and cap it off with Connor McGregor calling Pelfolder a Scottish German twat. Is that what he said? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? I swear. Uh, what guy? If you're gonna say it, it's a fuck, yeah, fuck, f o o k. Oh man. Uh let me know what you think. What do you think? As far as the fight, I thought, you know, and you, you, we were, we were, we're always texting yeah. during fights. So I actually thought RDA looked really good. I thought his jab looked good. It was popping, you know, Felder pretty regularly. You know, yeah. He being a southpaw, that straight left hand, he doesn't throw a lot of looping shots. I thought Felder, honestly, just for a guy coming in last, you know, last minute, he looked fantastic. Yeah. He looked fast. He looked strong. I thought that the wrestling would really get to him, and I think it did by the fifth round. But what do you expect? You know, I thought he uh, he looked explosive. He he was throwing heavy shots. A lot of them missing at times which I was thinking that might gas him out. He never gassed out really throughout the fight for a guy stepping in there last minute. He did a, he did a outstanding job. In my opinion, I thought it was a good fight. I thought RDA is just, he's the more complete fighter. He's got the more complete game. And that's the reason that he won. You know, he fought smart. He fought tough. He did. He did well in the standup. I think Felder probably was winning a lot of the standup, but the grappling part, is a huge element in MMA, and you've got to have the whole the whole game, and RDA did. So I thought it was a really impressive performance, him coming back down, taking on. You know, a guy, and this is what I even texted you, Felder was ranked, I think, seventh by the UFC in their lightweight division. But here's a guy in RDA. He's walking out, and he's walking out in a blue corner. And I'm thinking, this is a guy that fought, started his career, I think, against Jeremy Stevens in 2008 okay and he's been fighting in the ufc for 12 years almost 13 years coming Jeez. up he is a guy who has that was his 30th professional fight in the ufc wow all right 
he's he's got more fights than Felder has wins in the UFC. I, I mean, he's got more wins than Felder has fights, basically. You, you just look at everything, and he's walking second. And I'm like, because of that number, he was the lightweight champion at one time. I just I look at the way they do stuff at times, and it's like a yeah, little respect to the guy, man. I'm sorry. No, I, I just can, looked at it that I, way. I can see where you're going with that, but I also look at it too. Like he did, he was having to. He is 36. He's having to cut to get down to his down to 155 again. Excuse me, you, how old Felder? I don't know. I don't know. How old 36. He he's older. He's 35. <laughs> he's 35 calm down <laughs> uh, he's right there i you're, mean come on you're overreacting uh, i was guessing on his age but uh, i knew he was close uh, look you were getting, um i mean to be realistic i mean like i i'm, I'm i mean i don't know for me i listened to his his whole thing with his dad and just, I mean, I can understand and see. Why. Oh, you Plus, want, you want it. You I, want it. Felder. That's I, okay. I, I want a little, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I honestly, every time I had ever seen him fight before, I was like, yeah, okay. The hooker fight kind of won me over a little bit because you know, his eye got swollen, you know, early in the fight and he still came on strong was fighting the whole time. Great fucking fight. I know he came out short on that, but this one as well, taking the fight on short notice, a lot of emotions this week going through his mind with his dad being, you know, his dad died, I think in 2017, you know, and then now I think it was this week his dad died. So uh, it's just kind of a lot of things going is throwing through his mind. I've been in that same situation, fight week and thinking about your family and things like that. I got it. It's a lot of emotion. And he came out and put on a fucking fabulous performance tonight. I know it didn't go his way. He no. looked and I said, one of the first things I text you when he, that very first couple first conversations he threw, I was like, holy shit, he's a lot faster than Dosan. You said he's a lot bigger. He's a lot bigger a lot and a lot faster. You know, that's, I was like, wow, if he can keep this up, which, you know, obviously he couldn't. But at the very end, when you listen to the interview, the reason why is he just hadn't grappled at all. I mean, the grappling was going to go to Dosanos anyways, favoring him. Yeah. But the fact is, yeah. is that it, the fatigue of muscle fatigue and grappling scenarios, it's a real thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And so the fact that he, sure, I thought maybe he'd be able to last, which he did because of the swimming. The swimming is that full body workout, but it's also not constrictive where you're constantly trying to hold someone tight to you the whole time or pushing and pulling and swimming as a flow feel, but you are using your whole body. Um, I mean, he did, he looked phenomenal. I thought he looked great. He, you know, obviously just the grappling caught up with him. I think in the fourth, the fifth, he started getting tired, having to stop those takedowns, but he kept getting up. You were texting me. You were texting Boy. me going, I can't believe he keeps getting up. And I'm like, Man, well, I, was the bigger, I feel like he was the bigger and stronger guy. You know, um, RDA didn't look when you saw him with the weigh-ins, he looked, Paul Felder looked like a good two, two inches, maybe three inches taller than him. I think just two somewhere in there, but he looked a little significantly bigger than him at the weigh-ins. Um, I thought he looked good. And I got to tell you, he, I became, it's, I know he's 35. John, now he's 35. <laughs> but and I, maybe I'm a little late jumping on the bandwagon, but I became a fan tonight. I mean, his last fight I became a fan, but this fight he really won me over. I gotta say, no, no excuses, nothing. Great conversation afterwards when they were uh Bisbee was talking to him. Uh heartfelt uh for him this week. And uh I don't know, I'm I'm happy for him, man. I mean, I know he should have I know I'm not saying he should have won, but I'm saying it was good to see him take the fight on short notice, have a good performance. Didn't he look like he belonged in there and didn't look like he didn't belong in there? You know, you're fa you're facing a former champion. I tip my hat to that guy, man. That's that's a that's fucking some big balls to do what he just did. Hell yes, but it's also put it on the other side too. RDA was supposed to fight Islam Makhachev, yeah. a 
southpaw, a wrestler. He is going through a camp, you know, honing his skills to face a specific style. And he ends up getting Paul Felder, a outstanding striker Mm -hmm. who fights orthodox. Everything goes against him, too. So you also have to give it to RDA in taking that fight, saying, you know what? Yep, I'll take it. You know, the Felder stepped up in there. So it was hard on both. It was obviously harder on Paul because he didn't have a camp at all. And and RDA had that camp to have in his back pocket as far as conditioning and everything. But Felder knew. He had been training for his, uh, you know, triathlon stuff. And if, you know, Nick Diaz is the perfect example. Nick used to do a ton of triathlon training and compete in triathlons and just would take that and ride it over into a fight without really training for the fight and always had gas. Yeah. So it's uh, like you're saying, you've got the running base, you got a lot of the swimming and it's long distance swimming. So that's a lot of shoulder stuff. And I thought that, you know, when you saw RDA trying to take Paul down, you know, and he's sagging in those arms and, and Paul was having to hold him. And I, I even typed it. I said, yeah, that, this is what's going to kill him. Yeah. You know, it, it was at holding that. I tell you what, he really didn't show it until the fifth round. He looked tired. Yeah. I'm surprised, though, at Duke. Duke didn't tell him to take more of the center of the ring. The center yeah. of the page. I was surprised because Paul, every time he let his back get closer inside that black line, like you often hear fighters talk about. That's when you know that you're in the position to be pushed to get the fence. And I felt like if he would have just kept Circle the center, out of it. and if he didn't stay in outside of, if he would have stayed inside the kicking range, so it's harder to get a penetration shot on the takedown, and he could have just dirty boxed him and used his elbows in that area because he was winning that uppercut hook, that tight hook exchange with the elbows. He was winning that against Osanios. He just except did, when he was against the cage. Except for when he was against the cage, and I'm surprised yeah. that that Duke didn't tell him like. Stay inside that circle, inside the circle, not on the outside, and stay inside boxing range. Fight him in a phone booth, like you often say. Fight him in a phone booth, man. Make it a dirty, yeah. grimy fight in that close range. And uh, it surprised me that that adjustment didn't get made in all five rounds. But uh, yeah. I thought it was a great performance by Paul. I thought uh, Rafael fought a great fight as well. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens from here on out. I mean, like, I mean, he's he's gonna stay down at. I thought he looked lean. He looked good. I saw him in the back warming up, and I was thinking to myself, God, that doesn't even look like the same Dos Anjos. But he, he looks lean. He looks fit. And I what I liked was the division is freed up now that the Khabib's gone. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's being honest. Yeah, I just started. Cra- I started cracking up. I, in my mind, hey. I'm like, you're gonna start because Cowboys going back to 55 also. So Cowboys going back down to 55. Dosanio's going back down to 55. I think everyone's just kind of like, all right, fuck it. Khabib's gone. Let me go back down there and see what happens. Hey, man, <laughs> when you when you got a guy like him that, you know, no matter what anyone wants to say, when you look at it and you're the fighter and you're going, yeah, that's the target. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You they, know, it's. it's they all like, have a rude awakening, mm-hmm. though, because Islam is right there. I'm just saying, we'll you know, see the UFC is going to they're going to got to stay healthy. Yeah, it's all he's got to do is stay healthy, man. Um, All right. Well, let's talk to Chaos Williams. <laughs> oh, 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 my Jeez. God. 57 seconds, baby. That's the total of his two fights in the UFC. Jeez. 27 second knockout of Alex Morano, who fought tonight. Mm-hmm. And then, dude, Al Hassan is, has been a great fighter. He's been a stud. He knocked out. Uh, Sabaho Masi. They fought a second time because the first one ended. There was a a question of if it should have been stopped. And 
And man, he freaking hit Sabahomasi and just put his lights out. Yeah. And he's got power, man. He's shown it multiple times. <laughs> that straight little right short straight hand right on the button. It just right then his lights were out. Yeah. Going he went, down. He went stiff. Oh, that, yeah. That, that follow up reminded me of the Michael Bisbing, uh, Hendo. Dan Henderson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they didn't show it. Dan bit. was up in the air vertical. But, yeah, well, uh, yeah, Dan was flying. Yeah, yeah, but uh, chaos—he still landed that that second shot that didn't need to be landed. I mean, he was stiff and knocked out. No. He hit his on the canvas. There was—I mean, the ref should have been in a little bit better position. I'm, I'm kidding. Ah, uh, no, you know I, what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you it's right so now. So hard to get Mark, in. Mark Smith got in there really yes, fast. He did. He did. He did a great job. There's nothing that you know. That's one of those because you're not expecting it. No, no, you're not ex especially not like that. You know, like that at that time, it's like so you're you're trying to give them some space to move around, and and we'll see what they start to do. And man, that that happened. And you know, I thought Mark got there as quick as he could, but it was explosive. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to critique. <laughs> no, there's nothing to critique. He threw the jab. The jab. Normally, people it, will it throw the jab. Yeah, it was a fake jab. It wasn't yeah. even a full motion through uh -huh. the jab. He wasn't trying to land it. He went here and he actually just short shorted his right hand right well, to the middle of the Al guard. Hassan, if you see his guard went yep. straight like this and it just went straight Came right, through the middle of right it. through the middle right on the button Woo, that was a good one though i mean here's the thing let me see the rest of his record chaos's work record the, no, that's he only has record. one loss the other guys oh, you said chaos oh, yeah, that's you said chaos it'd be al Hassan. yeah yeah there you go so um yeah, so let me see all of it. So he's got two fights in the third round. So he's been a, he's been he's been in the distance. He's been the distance. I was giving you a hard time. I said I said let's see let, let's see let's see how he does when he gets to the second round. <laughs> I was like, you know, Is five fights in the third, Josh. I was just counting the ones that I could see on the screen. Oh, then look hard. Podcast podcast Dave. <laughs> just listen louder, buddy. That's all you got to do. For there. Listen louder. Uh, just do what you're told. <laughs> Yeah, you it's that it's that though. button to the left dave it says mute yeah yeah <laughs> i got a button right here too on my hand <laughs> here, josh pressed it's, that button a lot uh, when his coaches were telling him what to do in fights Nine, uh, especially uh, on that last one. Oh, geez all right so i mean good i mean like great performance by uh, chaos nice stuff moving on oh i mean yeah is he what are you gonna say? He went out there. He took a step. He threw a punch. It was over. That's basically what happened. Well, what about it was that, impressive. What about that saying that he had? He's like, "Keep sleeping on me." He's like, and then he's like, "The people that keep sleeping on me, it's okay. You guys keep sleeping on me until the doctors wake you up." Yeah, that was, <laughs> sure dude. You know, you said that before, and I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Wow." Well, he made that one come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the next fight, Dave? Ashley Yoder. Okay, so can we? I'm gonna be very frank. Go ahead, Just, be frank. You had good fights on the undercard, like on the under undercard on the undercard. Why on the didn't those? Card. Yeah, why didn't those ones get bumped up? Like that fight yeah, shouldn't well. have been. That fight shouldn't have been on the main card. But can you predict the? the no, fight? no, but you can predict it by their fighting styles. That shouldn't have been on the main card. If you, like, I've seen them both fight before. It just that fight shouldn't have made. Go down, scroll down a little bit. Uh, Gravely and Freitas should have been on the main card over the two of them. 
I mean, I could have went. I mean, I know we could have had other fights go up there, but I'm saying like that, the Freitas and Gravely fight was so good. That was a good fight. It was a really good fight. Back and forth, came down to the, I mean. Well, was, I love it. Just that, that last two minutes or last two minutes of the third round was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know, I mean, I know you can't predict that type of action going into a fight like that. No. But if you if you look at Yoder and Granger, like this stylistically, like the two of them together over that fight, I just don't, I, I'm not, I'm not, and I would, I always enjoy watching the girls fight because they usually get down after it. It just wasn't one of those fights stylistically that seemed like it would work out well on paper either, you know? So, I mean, anyways. Uh, Boy, but did Sean Strickland look geez. good against Brendan Allen? Holy, but Jesus. I think, you know, I don't like to give uh, Bisming too much credit, but he was he was on point tonight talking about his breakdown of how Strickland was, how he was striking. On, it on was, Strickland he was. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, like, yes. not a lot of movement for Strickland. Kind of keeps his head on line. He's got to get his head a little bit more offline. And he'll take a shot to give a shot. But there's no wasted movement or motion when he throws no his big punches. looping shots. Everything's straight, right down the pipe. He was just clocking. And he's yeah, on. Because Brendan was, Brendan was coming hard at times. Yeah, and he's and on he target, though. That's the biggest oh, yeah. thing. He's on target. Like, he, he doesn't miss a whole lot. And he was like, no, like I said, no wasted movement. Everything came from the hip. Just boom, boom right down the pipe and they're stiff it wasn't like he was landing and loading his elbow wasn't out he was turning his hip and his elbow was leaving from the hip straight punch right yep. down the middle and i was like holy yeah. shit he wasn't turning his hips over or anything like that but you look and when we talk about a volume attack this is a guy you talk about that knockout that knockout did not come from one punch no that knockout came from a volume of shots that just degraded Brendan Allen. Hard shots, stiff shots. Nothing that you know made him wobble or anything like that. But they were stiff shots that just started adding up. Yeah, it was a really good performance. You know, and he took that fight pretty short notice too. That's yeah. why it, that was a catch weight. They, they called it. I think it was one ninety five. You know, they were both under it. Yeah, neither guy looks that big. They're not. Yeah. So Brendan Allen normally fights at eighty five. Strickland's been all the way down to welterweight. He, yeah, he used to fight at 170 so i mean it was it was a great it was a good fight back and it was they had some great exchanges i was like oh shit this they're throwing down and yeah. um but with strickland what i liked was like i said like he also all of his punches there was no effort behind him but they were stiff and they were landing clean very accurate but then after he rocked allen those last shots against the fence it was like he threw his whole body behind him like oh yeah here's the thing some I'll give, if you guys take a look, look at the Pico fight. Pico threw the overhand, boom, rocked De Jesus backwards, folded him like the Scorpion King. Okay, Dude. got done with that. No, no, but the difference was this: Strickland I'd be jumping out of my seat. Strickland rocks Allen. Allen goes kind of down, and gets, and then from everyone, it was he picked and chose his shots hard. Yeah. They were hard shots. Then you look at what Pico did. Pico rocks him, gets on top of him, and then a bunch of like small ones. I mean, they they seem small. They were like duh, 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 duh. so. You've got. I think there's times when you get over the top of someone, and you've got to go. You've got to go hard. And he he had a great. He controlled that far side hip and just laid into the fence and used his whole body to throw those strikes. Very impressed by Strickland. Very impressive. Yeah. yeah um, was, uh... What do you think? Dude, it was just 
a really good performance against a guy who's a really good fighter. Brendan Allen's good. Yeah. You know, I had picked when uh, Brendan Allen was supposed to fight uh, Ian Hennich, and Hennich he- ended up Heinich? getting... Heinich? Is it Heinich? Heinich. 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 And uh, he, uh, he got COVID and drove himself home. I kind of like that. But that was going to be a really good fight. A little bit different as far as... Heinich is not so much, he's not a technical striker. He's a brawling type striker and a guy that uses his wrestling and stuff. But you know, I thought that was going to be a, I actually thought that Brendan Allen would win that. And then since he had trained for it, I thought eh, maybe, I don't know if Strickland's going to be in good enough shape for him. Boy, I was wrong. Yeah. Strickland looked good. Good stuff. And then, okay, so we had a little controversy in the uh, Hanson fight versus McKenna fight. Yeah, I didn't agree with that one. Like not a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't agree with that either. I thought I thought uh, Kay Hansen won the won it uh, two yeah. rounds to one, but you know if, if it's close, you can't you can't sit there and say anything. Well, I thought one, one, I was I was one judge had it with thirty twenty six. What one judge had it thirty twenty six? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was yes. Stand no, maybe, by no, no, to stand by. Maybe that was the Granger. You're fight. making a statement. That here, might have been Mr. the Granger fight. Sorry, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was Yoder. They had they had Yoder winning thirty twenty six against Granger, because the I think it was the last round. Granger, you mean Gravely? No, great. No, I'm talking about Miranda Granger and Yoder. They had one. Oh, they okay. had Yoder winning thirty twenty six. I got that fight probably mixed up with Hanson and McKenna. Thirty twenty six. That. I that would have, have been the last round. That's why. Yeah, yeah. and I can yeah, agree with it. That's kind of what I was thinking too for that fight. Sorry, I got the yeah. mixed up. You, I got the mixed up with the handsome. If you take fight. you go with the Yoder Granger fight, so everyone understands. We had two judges that went twenty nine twenty seven, and one judge went thirty twenty six, meaning that the one judge had it all three rounds for Yoder, but gave a ten eight in the last round, and he should have yeah. just like the other two judges should have which they did. Mm-hmm. They went, that's why it's 29-27. It was, she had her finished. Yeah. That choke was oh, going to yeah. work. It's the clock stopped the action. So the judge is going to say, hey, if that clock didn't stop it, you would have lost. You lose this round by two points. Yeah. That was a good job by all of the judges there. I was, but in my mind, I was thinking it was the Hanson fight. So that's, I got the oh, okay. two of those fights mixed up. That's why. Got it. So yeah, um, the Hanson and McKenna fight. I had it 29-28, but I had it for Hanson. I think you had it the same way, correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it, I wouldn't say it was, but uh, I'll I'll give I'll give that the the what's her nickname the Hobbit. <laughs> I love that, but she was tough, dude. She was standing throw. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the she, Hobbit. I, I don't know who gave her that nickname, but they should be they should be slapped. That's that. fucked up. It was it's mean, just mean. <laughs> no, you know who looks good though, Murata. Murata looks. She's she's got yeah. For, her wrestling is fucking not weird. just her wrestling. She got some fucking vicious ground up power. When she got on top, I was like, oh. I mean, her elbows and her. She was landing some huge shots in that first round when she got the takedown early. Oh, I was like, oh. And then her. You see her fucking shoulders and her arms. Oh, dude, her shoulders Good and arms are. She's, God, she's jacked. Fucking. <laughs> I was looking at her. I go, look at the freaking yoke on her, man. She made Dave her side piece. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Just like, man. 
Just nasty. She, I mean, like, she's, she's just just vicious, man. Anyways, I thought she had a good performance. Not bad for her debut, though, to be honest. Like, you got to no. think for your debut, you come in, new promotion. New, I'm like, it's, you know, you're in the UFC. It's like, it's a lot. It's a lot to have on her on her shoulders. I thought she had a great performance. Good job. She did, but you got to you, you gotta look, I think, the UFC, because Randa Marcos is known for her wrestling. Okay, that's what she's, her yeah. background was in and stuff, and it's like, I think you're kind of giving, you know, you, you knew whose wrestling was going to be better yeah. in that matchup. So it was like, eh, I think they're giving her a, a good opponent for her yeah. in this first step in from a Invicta. But yeah, that's, that's all good. Oof, oof. I mean, but Murata's just coming off her win also, too, of uh, Dakota. Um, yeah. She used to be in the Emily other. Cody, she, she, she I think that in, was a split decision. Was it? I think Emily Dakota, 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 yeah. Went to a split. It was decision. a split. Yeah, it was a split. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Uh, next fight, Dave. I'm gonna have to. Um, oh, the Gravely fight, Gravely and Freitas. That was a good fight. Good fight. Good, fight. good fight. Great exchanges. I Great. love that Freitas was always trying for stuff, man. He was always working. At times, you looked at Gravely and you go, "Do you see what he's coming at you with? Yeah. Are you freaking feeling this? What is wrong, man?" Nah. But, you know, he, great wrestling. Yes. You know, great wrestling. And then in the third round, you could see he got tired. He took some shots, and Freitas was going after him, but then he turned it on again at the end. So it was yeah. nice. Really good fight. Enjoyed yeah. it. He landed the cleaner, harder shots at the very end, like the last 10 yep. seconds in that exchange. Yep. So I think that's kind of maybe, I wouldn't say one of that. Wouldn't, it didn't win the round. But I'm saying, like, it kind of it left that lasting impression. It left like, lasting impression. Yeah, it was good, though. It was, But to me, the fight was. He that, deserved the that, fight. I think that was probably one of the best fights of the night tonight. I mean, that was a split decision too. Yeah, it was like it should have been twenty nine, twenty eight. Yep, yep, yep. Anyways, <clears throat> um, all right. I didn't. I'm sorry. I hate to be a total ball buster. I missed the two first ones. I didn't. Did you? Did you get them? Mm -hmm. How were they? Sorry. Alex Morano against Reese McKee. Alex Morano was lighting Reese up in the first round. Reese is, he's from England or Wales. And mm -hmm. He's white, you know, as white as white. He looks like Casper. Okay. So by the end of the first round, his face was pink. I mean, red pink <laughs> from taking shots and stuff. But I'll tell you what, oh, he's from Ireland. I'm sorry, Ireland. He kept coming and he started landing shots. He was busted up by the end of that fight. It was a good, tough fight. And, I, and I've, you know, worked with Alex Morano before. He's a tough dude. And he was at certain points. He shot takedowns because he got tired yeah. of getting hit by Reese. So it was a really good fight. And the first one, I'll really give credit to uh, Don Mays, uh, Dontel Mays. He freaking, he was moving for a big man. He was throwing, <laughs> he was throwing flying knees. He was doing all kinds of stuff. He couldn't get it, couldn't get Martinez out of there, but he hit him with everything but the kitchen sink. And uh, he had a really nice performance. You know, the Mexicans, man, he's, we got chins, a, dog. We got some chins. Well, Rogue, Rogue not only has chin, he had body. He had everything. And it was all going everywhere. But he's tough, dude. He is tough. Uh, Dave's on his way to look at Mike Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> Chubby boy. Uh, all right, let's get into the Bellator show. What do you think? I mean, look, it's here's the thing. No matter what, no matter what the Bellator champions do, Patricio made it look easy. And it's it's no matter what happens, like they're gonna say, oh, he looked, you know, like Pedro looked like shit. Pedro, he made Pedro look like shit. 
Yeah. There was nothing. I mean, like, I, I have to tell people, like, there was not any fear in, in Patricio's eyes. Pitbull has no fear of any of these guys. They touch him. He's He's got a granite chin. Not only that, like, his submission defense, I've rolled with him personally. He is fucking, like, a... It's like a cinder block trying to move him. Tank. There's just no way. Like I went to move his legs. It couldn't move his legs. I went to like move, went to like arm drag. Didn't move. I was like, what the f like, and there's not, there's not much to grab. He's just a, he's a stocky rock. Just there. You just can't move him. And obviously we saw he hits like a fucking truck. He hits like a truck and it could be his jab. It could be his left hook. It could be his right hand. He hits so hard. I mean, I think Pedro came in just thinking like, I'm the bigger guy. I'm taller. I'm longer. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put the pressure on you and make you fight a great fight. He looked so composed, Patricio. There was never a moment where he's like, he felt like he had to fight hard. He made it look so easy, John. He did make it look easy. And exactly what you said. He was relaxed. He was calm. And when you're that way and you're throwing every, every time he threw his right hand and it landed, which was, probably about 90%, it hurt yep. Pedro. Yep. You could see it. And it was like, oh, as soon as he hit him with the first one, I was like swinging my arm over. Like, this, this ain't going to last. Dude. You were six feet away, by the way. Yeah, you know, <laughs> trying to get your attention. This ain't going to last. Dude. Uh, no, the very but, first um, left hook he landed, Pedro's legs went limp. And he like did the, he did the chicken leg. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, dude, if he can't take the left hook, wait till the right <laughs> hand lands. I mean, jeez. Yeah. Just... John, I don't. I don't know who's gonna beat him. Sanchez, I think he's gonna he's gonna try to bring the fight to him. But there there are times in people's careers where they just see everything, you know. Especially yeah. somebody like you know, like I felt like there was moments in Anderson's career, John Jones's career, obviously in Khabib's career, that everything seems slow and you can just see everything. GSP had his fights and his moments throughout his career. BJ Penn yeah. for sure did. Like they just see everything coming. And there's not one thing that you can do that surprises them. There's not one thing that they're, they just see it all happening. And I, I feel agree. like Patricio right now is at that level. He's in that matrix kind of position where he just sees everything slow motion. Everything slows down yep. for him. Well, it's, yeah, that, it's like the, the you, you can look at what the quarterbacks in the NFL. Tom Brady is great for one reason. Yeah. He can slow the game down where other guys cannot. And when you're a fighter, it's the same thing. You can you can be in that position where if you can slow it down and you see everything they're doing and you can control that distance, you can control that position of the fight, you're dangerous. And right now it's it's exactly what you're saying because there's always those elements where, you know, guys are on a rise, you know. And then, you know, they'll some guys will plateau and stay at that same for a while yeah. and then you know they're coming down. Well, right now, Patricio's better than he's ever been. Yeah, for sure. You know? And I think a lot of it, you know, we go back to who he's been working out with, who he trains with, you know, just uh, he's added to his arsenal. His striking is better. His wrestling is way better. Mm -hmm. He always had a good ground game. So, you know, you've got to pick your poison when you're going to face him. Where do I want to deal with this guy? And the place that you don't want to deal with him is standing up because he hits He's built like Mike Tyson. He's just a light Mike Tyson, but they're built the same. Mike Tyson was a stocky, heavily muscular 
mature guy and that's what patricio is and he's got power and he's he's got fast hands too it's not like he's stiff yeah so uh, he made he made that fight look like you know pedro was not ready for it you know and uh but that's what he's supposed to do yeah when you're when you're that guy that supposedly is so good you make other good fighters look bad yeah it's it's true, and he looked like Pedro didn't belong to be in there. And I'm I'm a Pedro fan. I mean, remember oh, I was I'm a telling super you, Pedro fan. When yeah. we were talking about this, I said like, look, I thought Pe- I thought Patricio was going to win the whole time, and then I talked to Pedro, and I left the interview talking to Pedro, going, Pedro's going to win this fight. I know you did. I go, I, I was like, you. I, was I looked. Like, took me a while, crazy, and I, I talked to yeah. then I talked to Pete, and then I talked to Pitbull, and we're having a conversation. He's like, I'm going to win, and I'm like, okay, now I believe. Like, just you know, like when you get around. So these, what you're it's easy to talk you into things, baby. Gosh, man, it's <laughs> so. Sucker. It's just one of those things, though, where you, 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 I've seen Pedro look really good, and he shocked me when he beat Campos, when he when he beat Sam Cecilia, the way he beat Sam Cecilia, like he, the guys that he's beat, and I'm like, in the way he's he's done everything he said he was gonna do, I'm gonna put pressure oh, on him, yeah. make a fight, a dirty, grimy fight, but every time he got touched by Pitbull, his legs went limp. Like he went, he got, he got stiff legged or he got wobbly or, you know, and like the fight was not, the fight was happening too fast for him. And Pitbull just looked calm, composed. And like I said, he saw everything happening in front of him. I I just feel like, look, he's just at a different level right now than all of these guys. And I, and I got to say this and I'm I'm being truthful. He's at a different level than all the guys in all in Bellator, all of them. He's just at that level. He's at a different level. And I think D, I think uh, Douglas Lima is up there as well. They're just yeah. visually, they're seeing things. I'm just saying that Patricio, like Pitbull, is just a, a tad bit bigger, a tad bit above where Lima is at right now. He has seen wow. everything. And, but like, you know, like he's fighting his weight class. You know, yeah. Lima just fought against Gegard in the weight class above, you know, and, how, yeah. and you're talking about Gegard is, is someone who's, who's respected as one of the best, you know, middleweights in the world. And Lima went up there and did a good job against him. Didn't get it done, but did a good job against him. But you still did it as well, though. He just went up to 55 a couple of faces ago. Yeah, he knocked I, out Chandler. I, I, I do know this. Okay, well, then mention <laughs> it. Make sure you I, mention I, it. I do know this. Mention it then. But Dave, what I'm saying tell, like, Hey, Dave, Dave, tell him. Tell him what happened. <laughs> went up. Who, 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 did, who did he beat? <laughs> he beat Michael Chandler. I'm glad you know this casual now, but he also, he's also beaten. Like he's also just beat Juan Archuleta. Juan Archuleta has fought at 55 as well and has had success there. Juan Archuleta fought at 45 has had success there. Juan Archuleta went through a phase where he was what? 19 and like he had, hadn't lost 19 fights in a row. 18, 18, 18 and 19. Yeah. 18 and 0. Yeah. And so I just, like I said, I feel like he's visually seeing everything. Now, look, I, I had, I had said some comments about him being considered to be the greatest featherweight right now. Okay, like he's the best featherweight, I think, in the game right now. And I'm not taking anything away from Max Holloway. I'm not taking anything away from uh, Volkanovski. I think stylistically, if you were to match the two champions together, I think I think Pitbull beats him. Yeah, I think it's a close fight. I'm not saying he see, runs away with it. Well, see, then this is it. You know, this is where people they're going to get mad. Volkanovski's good at and the way he fights and the way Pitbull fights. I would personally pick Pitbull to win that fight. Yes. If you took Max Holloway and put him against Pitbull, I think it might be a different story, different style of fighter, different style, different fight. And I might pick Max to win that fight based upon what Max can do in a fight. So it just depends. Yeah. Who knows? Let, let me, let me, let, here's the thing though. I said okay. this on social and guess what? 
Nobody recognizes the fact that Volkanovski is the champion there. So like anybody, if you're <laughs> if you're a fan, right? Like anybody would do. If you were to say, "Hey, I want so and so to fight this guy." I can pick somebody from Bellator that can beat that guy. Okay? And just like the UFC guys, people can they they can pick someone from their promotion to beat our guy. Styles make matchups. Sure. Max Absolutely. Holloway is a lot harder fight for yep. Patricio. Okay, yes. then Volkanovski is. Yes. But, so when I said he's the best fellow, they said, oh, I'll put Max to get him. No, that's not how it works. I thought we were talking about the best guy. <laughs> that means their <laughs> champion versus our champion. Well, they're but they're going off of the that Max actually beat Volkanovski. But that's not what happened, time. though. So we're just talking. Let's <laughs> no, see, you can't not. let the facts get in the way. Okay? Like, I mean, the, the bottom line is like, look, uh, I, like I said, stylistically, <laughs> you can match. We can match up to favor Bellator sure, and they can match up to favor UFC. But if you're talking, sure. if we're going to talk about who, who, if you were to have to put them in the rankings right now, Pibble, I think could beat Volkanovsky in a, in a straight up one-on-one -on -one fight. I think I agree with you. And we've talked about this multiple times. I think Max is a way harder fight for Patricio, a way harder fight, yeah. the reach, the range, the, the ability to stop takedowns, knowing that Patricio likes to stand. You know, like that, like those are the things that I think will give Patricio problems. It's just funny that when I said it, the UFC homers, they come running saying, yeah, Max can do it. Max isn't your champion, fellas. <laughs> like, <laughs> Volkanovski is your champion. And he's beat Max twice. So, look, I, I don't want to get into the whole, like, I do. I respect all of them, by the way. I don't care if you're in the UFC. I don't care if you're in one or you're in the, I respect all of them. They're all, they're all phenomenal. They're they're all fucking really, really good. And that is one of the most stacked divisions. Uh, I think it's it might even be a little bit more stacked than the 55 pound weight class. Now, don't make me regret saying that. <laughs> you know, Boy, that I, had to hurt. Coming it out did. Of it did hurt a little bit. It did. I'm always a 55 guy. But I mean, if I look at the division in, in Bellator and I look at the 145 pound division in Bellator and I look at the 145 pound division in in uh, UFC and as well as the 145s in one. Damn, they're both stacked. They're all, all of them yeah. are just stacked. So yeah. damn good. And the so biggest difference with the one FC guys, mm -hmm. if you're watching them, most of them are stand up guys yeah. where they're weak in the ground. Yes, but boy, they're dangerous in the stand up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are some dangerous dudes. Yeah, they're all dangerous, and they, they're not. They're not bad at stopping the takedowns. Just when they get taken down, they don't have an answer for anything. They're, yeah, yeah. Their their whole their whole mentality is turn your back, give up. Like get up, yes. not give get up. up, get up, get up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that came out wrong. That's your that's your mentality. Yeah. Yes. Just give yes. up. Yes. Yeah. 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 I got it. Yeah. I that's that's like I learned it from Dave just to give up. <laughs> um, but I I think look I, if I like I said I'm matching them up. I think Patricio. I would I I know we were sitting here and I'd say I'd love to see that fight. But I mean, who else in that in that division? And who else in that division? We have Emmanuel Sanchez. No, go to the go AJ, to the, go AJ to the, McKee, AJ McKee, and Darian Caldwell. Go yep. to those, those are your those, four finalists. But I put Adam Boric to get any of those guys too in the UFC oh, yeah. in that forty-five pound weight class. I yeah. put him in there as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. You could also man. put JJ Wilson. Yeah, that JJ, kid's good. He's fighting next week. Yeah, he's fighting then next you got week. then you've got this other guy. Most people don't know who he is. I don't know if you do. But Aaron, his name's Aaron, Aaron Pico. Pico. Yeah, baby. he's become he's the looking good. He's become the fighter that we always wanted him to be. We thought he yep. should have been. Yeah, he is now. I think he's there. I think he's ready to be. I think you have Saul Rogers, who showed that he had won. He won the Ultimate Fighter. Yep, correct. Well, so, no, no, he no. didn't win the Ultimate Fighter. He beat everybody 
in the Ultimate Fighter, and then when it came to the finals to come back, he couldn't get his visa, visa and problems. so he had a visa bad. problem. So he wasn't able to compete, and so Ryan Hall, who he had beaten, was put in that place, and Ryan Hall beat Artem Lobov. Jeez. Yeah. So you scroll back up. There was another guy in there. Aiden Lee is another guy that I think has a lot of potential to potentially be in that. that he's, talk, he has potential, the, but he's not there yet. No, he's not there. No, but he's in that. He yet. could start to be in that conversation a little bit. Mm. Like, let's talk about. Yeah, I would like to see him and Taiwan Claxton fight. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be a good fight. fight. I'd like that'd to see that fight happen. Nice job, matchmaker Josh. Yeah. And I then like the other that. fight I want to see is Elias Boulade versus uh, Gaston Bolanos. Ooh, that's a good one too. That's a great fight. That's a good see. one. Let or Elias Belade against Gabriel Varga, who wasn't able yeah. to fight. There you go. That's another one right there. That's a conversation. Talk about piece. good stand-up fighters, all three of them. Is it about time Bellator created a top ten for these guys? They're in the process of doing it right now. Okay. Right, we've had this conversation the last it two weeks. It's about time. So what they're doing is they're, you know, there's a lot of people that they just they just basically wiped off of their page now in the last two weeks. They've taken Hoist off, taken Ken off, they've taken Kimbo off. I and mean, like they they just hadn't updated their page for the longest time. So now they're Which making the changes. Yeah, there's just a lot. I think there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Oh, Weber Almeida, he's another one. Yeah, he's not there. No, but I'm saying he's got power, though. He's got power. Oh, yeah, he's got power. He's got a good style. I will say this. Problems. I did see this. Uh, Ariel Hawani had put out a poll when you're talking about Pitbull and Volkanovski. And who would win? Mm -hmm. 72% of them said Volkanovski. Only 28% for Pitbull. I go, do you realize that 72% of the people that are idiots? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But serious. No. It's, you know, it should be. Close to 50-50. It should be close to 50-50. It, it's one of those it pick really and fights. Should. It really is. Oh, yeah. It really is. <clears throat> I think it's gonna I think it would be a fantastic fight, though. Two little fucking oh. pinballs just basically bouncing off of each other. These little, yeah, just stack shit house, brick shit houses. I would love to see that fight. Um, I mean, so let's see the next fight. Ah, oh, this this to me was just <laughs> this to me was fucking just madness. The scrambles. Yeah. Yaroslav Amasov, 25 and 0 now against Logan Storley, who was 11 and 0, who's now 11 and 1. Man, just like if you look at the fight and you watch the skill level of just the scrambles, the way that the way that Amasov was setting up his anaconda from that position there when he got on the single leg, Logan would get ready to take him down. Sometimes when he felt like he was losing the position, Amazon, he would go right to the anaconda, try to yeah. roll him through. He had the leg on he the one. He had the leg in one. And, and that Logan was, got it out. Logan was able to get it out towards the, what, the end of the second, I think is what it was. Good. Yeah, it was the second round. Just a phenomenal fight, man. Just the technique on both guys. Just the determination through both of them. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Amazon does need to do a little tweak something to do with his conditioning a tad bit no doubt but that being said just that amount of wrestling for someone who's never wrestled before i mean like sure he has wrestling from all the sambo and all you know but it's there's never been like a from what we understand he never like went to wrestling class and just wrestled only you know what i mean so that's what's crazy that's what's crazy to think that he's so good and we talked to all the guys at att and they talk about how damn good he is johnny eblin uh austin vanderford and King Mo, I mean, they cannot stop singing his praises. All wrestlers. All wrestlers. And they're like, no, we can't get him down. We can't take him down. If we do get him down, 
he subs us or he gets back up to his feet or or he just makes it such a dog fight the way he scrambles like i saw some of the stuff that he did to logan you know he grabbed that inside leg and then he rolled all the way through in a forward roll and he ended up in the top position and i'm like what the hell did i just see what the, like, we saw a little bit of that against Ed Ruth, too. And I was like, yeah. I, I very rarely are you going to see Ed Ruth lose scrambles. And he lost a couple of them to, to Amosov. He's yeah. good. But I think a lot of what he does is a lot of what he does takes up some energy, you know, I mean, from both parts, from his opponent as well as himself. And we see it. I mean, he, he started getting really tired towards the end where Logan was running the exchange at the last minute of the fight. He almost lost That's that right. fight. It was it was that damn close. But I mean, you're 25 and 0 now. I mean, he's 25 and 0. Logan Sturdy's 11 and 1. Just a great fight, man. Just it was just wanna, fun to watch. I want to say this about Logan Sturdy. He lost the fight. Okay, yeah, it was close because it really came down to who won the first round because yeah. it was clear that Amazov wins the second round, yeah. and I thought it was clear that Storley ended up winning the third round. Yep. And uh, so. It all comes down to that first round where Logan was really searching for the takedown. He was, and he was failing on a lot of them. And I think it was the difference in the fight, and that's why uh, Amazov ended up winning. But man, when you're that guy in Logan Storley who has been able to dominate positions on people throughout your career, has really evolved as far as his stand-up game is actually coming along he's throwing good shots he's kicking now he's doing all the things you want to see that third round i was so impressed by him yeah. because he had worked his ass off through the first two rounds and in the second round he was in some bad spots he was in bad positions he was in submissions he was struggling and fighting and never gave up and in the third round he won that that round against a guy who is 25 and 0. Logan Storley is going to be something special. Logan Storley, that that fight is going to happen again somewhere along the way. I think so as and well. He, he's going to get his shot at Amazon. And you know, and there's one thing I will say about Amazon. He is 25 and 0, but he's had a lot of close fights. Yeah. You know, his 25 and 0 isn't like you know, like Khabib's 25 29 and 0. 29 and 0 where he's dominated just everybody you know amazon is 25 and 0, but and he's good but he's had some close fights he's had some fights where you go hey it's coming down to this round you know he needs to win this round and, and you know he gets it in this one i thought he had won the first two rounds and storley came back and took that and you don't you know you can't let a guy you know get back into that fight you can't let a guy get that feeling that okay you know what Time just ran out on me. Yeah. Because that's really what it happened for Logan, in my opinion. You know, I, I look at this as one of those, you know, you win or you learn, is the way I always look at it. There's no loss here for Logan. I think he learned a lot off of that fight. And I think if they get to do this again, I think you're going to see an even better Logan Storley coming in and taking him on. I think so as well. I mean, from what I understand, I saw Logan at the airport at like five in the morning the next day. He, <laughs> poor bastard. Yeah, and he was braced up. So it sounds like he had tore his knee somewhere in that fight. <clears throat> so he might be out for a couple months. Um, I don't know how bad, maybe a meniscus tear or if it's a full tear of the, the ACL yeah. or MCL or something. But uh, if he is, hopefully he has a, a speedy recovery because I'd like to see him get back in there as soon as possible. He's, oh, yeah. he's good. He's good. And the fact that he started growing with confidence as the fight went on with the striking. Yep. 
you know, and that started changing the dynamic of the fight because it made Amos it, it made him worry about the takedown, but then wasn't able to get his shots off. So that means he was taking more shots, and that just starts like that, like that video game feel of just starts depleting everything that you have left in the tank. It goes by a lot faster. Um, Emmanuel Sanchez, he came out and just had a very dominant performance. There, there wasn't. I felt like there was not a moment in that fight that he was losing. See, I, I thought the same thing. I know that uh, the judges gave Vaishal the first round. If you were going to give him a round, that was the only round you could have given him, though. Well, no, a couple yeah. of them gave him other ones. So. Oh, wow. But <laughs> I, I look at it and I go, I still didn't even see Vaishal winning that round. I thought he had a couple of good shots that he landed. Stuff, but you look at what Sanchez was doing and the output. It, I mean, it wasn't even close, Josh. Yeah. The output was so, he threw over 100 strikes in the first round. 117, yeah. I think it was. 112, something like that. That's, that's a heavy output, all right? When you're talking about MMA with you know the grappling aspect and clinching where you're not broken apart and as time goes on and stuff, you throw 100, over 100 strikes in a round, you are putting some, some output out there. You're putting your foot on the gas and you're saying, I'm going to go. And he didn't stop yeah. throughout that entire fight. That second round, I I give Vaishal so much credit oh. for not giving up because I would not have blamed him. He got hit. First off, he got kicked to the body. Then he got knee to the body. Then he got hit with, no, I'm sorry, first off, he got kicked to the body. Then he got hit with a left hand to the body, a hook to the body. Then he got knee to the body, and then another one to the liver, and it dropped him down. And you know, you know when you say dropped him down, it's not like he purposely loses. You can't hold yourself up. Yeah. Your body just starts to crumble. And he stayed in that fight. And and Sanchez went after him and couldn't get rid of him. I give Vaishal so much credit. Dude, you are a gangster. You are so freaking tough. Because I would have been over on my side in a fetal position, covering my head and maybe putting my hand out doing this. <laughs> I'm giving up. Dude, that's a horrible feeling. If anyone's, if you've ever had it done, you know what it's like. It sucks. Absolutely yeah. horrible. <laughs> oh, it's freaking horrible. horrible. I mean, there it's, was a moment there where the ref was going to jump in and stop the fight, and yeah. and Vaishal was able to just to, to move just a tad bit, show a little bit more defense, like he was trying to protect himself. He, he did. did just enough. And then I want to even go back into the third and the fourth round. I know he was tired. I know he got hit to the body, and he in the second round was dropped. And he took a ton of shots. But in the third and the fourth, he still lost those rounds. But yeah. he had landed some clean shots. And just remember, it only takes one or two hard, clean shots to change that the dynamic of where the fight is going. All of a sudden your opponent starts respecting you more. Then they don't start putting then they don't put the pressure on that they normally were that they were before. And then also too, they start respecting your punches and kicks and they hesitate a tad bit more. All those things play a factor. Emmanuel Sanchez was not to be deterred. He just kept coming forward and kept coming forward. He took shots, and that also starts to wear on Daniel Weichel. He, You could tell. He's like, I hit him with everything. He kicked him one time in the head, I think, in the fourth round. He oh, kicked yeah. him in the head, and, Dan and Emmanuel just walked right through it. He like, walked whatever. right through it like it was nothing. I mean, it's going to get interesting against him and Patricio because I'm, yeah. if he walks in and takes those kind of shots, I don't know if he's going to be able to get up. But he's taken them before, though, from Patricio. Yes, but he has. that being said, Patricio also, since their, first, since their other fight, he is a different fighter as well. 
he has changed a lot in the last three or four fights, Patricio has. And like I said, visually, he has seen everything. You know, and I think, but I also think Emmanuel Sanchez right now is seeing everything. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, well, I got another guy that's in that same yep. little realm, man. You know, the Matrix is not just one person. No, no. There's I, another guy, and Emmanuel Sanchez is seeing everything, and he is, he has got his game plan. He knows that he can go longer and harder than the next guy. Yep. And he's now, he's, I, I call it weaponizing your, conditioning and he's weaponizing his conditioning to say i am going to push you at a pace that you to try to stay with it you're gonna be your engine's gonna be running too fast it's like the rpm gauge is over in the red and you can only keep it there so long before the the wheels start coming off of the cart so he's doing a great job he looked fantastic in that fight john that was a fight go ahead did you hear that no did you hear that Podcast Dave just farted into the mic. No, <laughs> I want everyone to hear that at home. No. You guys go back about thirty seconds. Podcast Dave. <laughs> what the fuck? He's all. <laughs> I was like, "What was?" He looked right at me. Like, did you get that on the mic? No, I, I barped no, internally. No, you did I not. Burp. Burp. Yeah, it's called farting. <laughs> He's like burped no. internally. It's a belly fart. <laughs> get into my belly. <laughs> I'm just dying to go home and change my sock. Oh, the you change your un- underwear is what you need to do. <laughs> just, you just shite yourself. <laughs> so stupid. Um, no, the, uh, what else? Let's see. The Amanda ah, Sanchez dude, fight, Daniel Weichel, Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico. Dude, I, that, that, he, Scorp. I've never seen anyone get Scorpion. I think he stole I the show. Watched, I think he stole I the show. Watching, I was, I was watching the damn UFC and they got the, the promo for, was it chick fights or fight chicks or something like yeah, that? Yeah, let's talk and about that. she hits that her with that one and kind of Scorpions. Well, that was real life with Aaron Pico. <laughs> I, I honestly thought, to be honest, I thought De Jesus was going to give him a lot of troubles. And we talked about it all week. The guys that give Aaron Pico a hard time are guys that are athletic, fast. Not anymore. And just ch- and not. I, I agree with you. Not anymore. There wasn't anything De Jesus could do. Aaron fought one of – Aaron's fought – that was the best fight Aaron's ever fought. That was one. Oh. But he fought like he'd been fighting his whole life. And that, that's, I think, where everyone expected him to come in at. And like he said, he's like, you know, I had to, I was, he was humbled. He was broken. He was, you know, he realized. You know how hard it is to say, gosh, in front of everyone, I was broken. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. But he was. And And the fact, the fact that he can, he can look at it, recognize it, say it and do something about it, which he has done. He looks so good right now. You know, I just. My hat is off to Greg Jackson, Brandon Gibson, you know, all the people there at Jackson Wink. They have a stud on their hands. It's just a matter of getting him to understand because you could hear some of the instructions that Greg and Brandon were putting out, and it was like they were playing a video game at times because every time they would say something, he did it, which tells me, now he's thinking. He's in tune with the fight. He knows exactly what he wants to do. They planned it out. I'm just going to execute. I got nothing more to say than he was phenomenal. Well, 
for me, his first part of his career, he, I think he was trying to prove that he was a tough fighter. Yeah. And he didn't need to. He needed to use his brain and his fight IQ from wrestling and from boxing together and put join them together to show that he could be an intelligent fighter. And never once in those four or five fights or whatever that he lost, did he ever show it? And that was well, the problem with the Henry Cross. He drops him. He fought a good fight, drops him, <sighs> wobbles him, all those things. And then he goes up there and decides, to, let's just hug head to head and see who can knock who out. It, that, that to me is just showed like just, I don't want to say bad coaching, just no direction in his training. You know, like it was like who, who has the, like it really came down to who had the bigger dick. That's what it was. Like, let me show you I can beat you by doing this. That That's not how you fight these fights. You know, no. if you want to go far, then you don't fight that way. And I'm finally, like, I see, and I, I'm like watching, like, his last fight when he fought Solo Hadley. He put it all together well. It wasn't clean and crisp. This, though, was Stop. just absolute domination. And not just domination on the fact that the way he finished him, he dominated that fight from beginning to end. He dominated everywhere. He dominated on the feet. He dominated on the ground. He dominated from the transitions, from the boxing to the wrestling. He did everything that we have been hoping that he would be he would have done when he first started. I couldn't. Yeah. I, I was telling Rich Chow, the matchmaker. I said, "We got ourselves a fucking fighter." That's like that. That to me <laughs> is yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm so proud of him for making the change. You got to think about how much of a commitment it is. Oh. To move you and your girlfriend, or, you know, fiance or whatever, all the way to New Mexico to Albuquerque, New and Mexico, your and your horses, <laughs> and just up, and just up and move. Like everything he's ever known has been in Whittier, Whittier, California. Like that's yeah. all he's ever known. His dad that's his grandpa, the problem. They, they drive. That's, part of the, that's part of the problem though too. Is that it, look? It's not the even if it's not the family, like which I understand it's not. It's just that you have your you have your your comfort zone. In this right now, when you're broken, like he said, he had to get out of his comfort zone. And I, I think a lot of it had to do with a couple things. You obviously didn't like the direction of what he, where he was going because he ne he's never been a loser. He's always been a winner. That sucks. So he had to make the adjustments. He's like, what do I have to do? He had to get away from his comfort zone, whether it was his family, whether it was his town, whether it was his whatever he felt comfortable doing, whether it was at with you know all the other guys there at training lab and everyone like that. No, he got outside of that. <clears throat> and he went to Greg Jackson's, took his horses, took, you know, his girlfriend, took everyone with him that he wanted to be there with. And he just focused strictly on MMA. He engulfed himself in that, into this sport. And just within two, two to three fights, he's a whole different guy, whole yeah. different fighter. I was, I honestly, when they announced John DeJesus, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this is going to be a tough fucking fight. You know, I was like, man, he made it look fucking easy. The whole fight he made look easy. That's what happens with good coaching. That's what happens when you follow the game plan. And I mean, like, he did everything perfectly. And Aaron Pico, if you're listening to this, man, I couldn't be more proud of you, dude. Great job. Great fucking oh. job. In everything. Great job. I will tell you, I was doing the, uh, man, you remember the contender series that uh, Sly Stallone had? The boxing, Sugar right? Ray yeah. Yes, I do remember yeah. it. And, and it was about, it was close to the same time as the Ultimate Fighter came yeah. out and stuff like that. Sergio got, Sergio Martinez? Sergio Mora. Mora, sorry. Sergio, Sergio Mora. Mora and the, then who was the other guy that was, the two of them were in the finals. Sergio oh, Mora was like the better looking one. The other one was like the short little stocky Mexican guy that fought him. Yeah, Gomez. Gomez, something, yeah. Yeah. They both they ended up having pretty decent careers. Yeah. So yeah, Sergio, I think was has been doing a uh, commentary for DAZN. So. I believe so. But 
anyways, they, they bring it back. Mm-hmm. And they, when they bring it back, Freddie Roach is one of the uh, coaches for one of the, you know, they pick fighters kind of thing. And Nassim Richardson is the other coach. So I'm there for one of the shows and we're, and Freddie and I are having lunch and we're sitting there talking we're, and we're talking about Aaron Pico. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asking him questions. I said, look, I said, right, be honest. I said, I know that they say that, you know, he was a sparring partner for Cotto. He goes, yeah, yeah, Johnny, he was. And I said, how much did you use him? Was he, was he the guy that you were bringing in, uh, you know, as Cotto was getting, you know, into his 10, 11 round sparring sessions, you're bringing him in at, you know, or was the he the warm up round, the one, two, and three round? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's the whole thing, right? He says, he goes, John, he goes, I, I will tell you right now, he was one of the main sparring partners for me. He says, I put him in the tough rounds where I needed Cotto to work. He says, because I knew he wasn't going to try to hurt Cotto, but I knew that, you know, he was going to give him a hard time. He was going to, he was going to make him work. He goes, I, I will tell you right now. He goes, if this, because it was middleweights for the contenders here, he goes, if this was welterweight, he goes, and I was able to put Aaron Pico in it. He goes, I guarantee you he would win it. Wow. I would guarantee you that he would win it. And I go, all right. You know, and, you know, then things happen and stuff. And then you know, Aaron had his problems. But that's the type of, you know, skill level he has. You know, and Freddie doesn't say that about just no. anybody. Yeah. You know, and, but and the, the biggest problem was he had people like Freddie talking to him. And he would take that, and then he also had, you know, family members that would listen to it, and they would tell him, you know, oh, you could do this, and you're going to be champ in a year. No one's going to be champ in a year. Nobody. Okay, that's just not the way it works in the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you could do that in to some degree. I guess like Brock Lesnar. I guess he kind of came close to doing it, but really, he started his MMA career. If you remember, he fought, K-1. you know, in K1 in LA Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, over a year later before his next fight, you know, at least. So no one in one year is going to become the champ. It's, this is, there's too many levels to this. And it's good to see that Aaron right now, he's on the right path. He's with the right people. And if they can just maintain what they're doing, someday he'll be fighting for a champ. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, here's the other thing, too. Is I want to remind people, he actually is a 35-pounder. He's not could a be. big guy. He could be. I mean, I don't could think he be. should go through and put his body through the weight cut. No. Nope. You know, I think he's good where he's at. I mean. I think he's comfortable he, where he's yeah, at. Yeah, he is comfortable, I think, where he is. But his body frame, though, could potentially make 35, which I think he could make 35. He's He's not a big guy, you know? And so I, I think there's a lot of things that will come as time goes on. He'll start to learn to you know, get offline a little bit more. And, and, uh, I mean, he's just, I think learn, he, to, learn to deal with low calf kicks a little bit better. D- yeah. There's that. I mean, there's, yeah, there's that. a couple of things. There are some things, you know, the dealing with the kicks yeah. and the knees that come up the middle is different than having to box all the time. And like, but he's learning it and he's learning it so fast. And it's crazy to think just three fights ago, we were talking about, you know, is he going to retire? Is he basically going to call it a, a game, go back to wrestling. Now everyone's like, shit, When's he fighting a top five guy, a top, you know, a top seven guy, a top 10 guy? Like, let's see. I mean, I was concerned really when they announced that fight because I was so impressed with John De Jesus against uh, 
Parachenko. 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 Yeah. I keep you fucking that guy's. I murdered that guy's name. He was sixteen and one though. He's a good fighter, man. Yeah, I, I watched. Yeah, and I'd I'd, I'd uh, been at a fight that he did in Russia that I'd watched him, and he was he's tough, tough yeah. dude. Yeah, but a very right. straight up, like a very straightforward kind of striker. Yeah, and then a very, very linear, like, very yeah. linear. Yep. And so even, Jesus, even was, wrestling. Yeah. So De Jesus was able to like land and get out and circle out. Pico had good movement coming in, shuffling of the feet, good range finding, punching his way in now to the takedown, which changed everything, yep. which made everything so much easier for him to get in. And honestly, when you get in, when 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 Pico got in, it was like. <clears throat> You're, there's not there's not gonna be many people. I don't think hardly any are gonna be able to stop what he's doing. Even with the cage. Yeah, even with the cage. <clears throat> he's good, man. He's good. Yep. Um, you know who really impressed me though? Carrie Melendez, Gilbert Melendez's wife. She made it look easy. She just touch, touch, go, touch, touch, go, boom. Like I was touch, very, touch. touch there touch. was not one touch touch in there. <laughs> she had her head smacking back like it was a Pez dispenser spitting yeah. out of candy. It was smack, man. And Jesus, her she was just popping her. In, but and you, you're right, she wasn't even trying to throw no. real hard. She was just being relaxed. Well, I've known her. I said this on the broadcast. I think I've known her since she was like 24, 25, fighting, you know, in kickboxing. And she had yeah. fought a couple girls from AKA that were really good that I had trained with as well. And she tore them up. And they were, and they were. And I was like, man, these these are like some of the best girls at AKA. <clears throat> and she she just lit him up, and I was like, "You're you're young." She's like 23, 24, 25 years old. She was just touching him, touching him, push kicking. Like she had that more Muay Thai style, you know. So she yeah. had to make the adjustments, you know, where she kind of like bounced with her lead leg up, you know, kind of thing. Um, but then as time went on, you know, her being with Gil, and she has a, kind of adopted Gilbert style a little bit of that little bit of bounce and the wider stance and the boxing, you know. But she's she's she found the mark every time she threw her right hand in that fight and then when she went to the body it was like oh and then mixed in with the knees to finish it she was man just just on point she like i said in that moment she was seeing everything in front of her it was pretty impressive i was like wow yeah. that's you look good five and oh i mean she's 30. two more I will, I will talk about real quick first off manny murrow training at jackson winks again brandon and greg that was the best Manny Murrow I've ever seen. Mm. He had a great fight against Devin Powell, who is a really tough dude. A guy coming out of Joe Lozon's, been in the UFC, and Devin Powell called it quits. He uh, said that was his last fight. Uh, he fought his ass off, but Manny Murrow was just on point in that. But the one that was really good, that, the kid, Jor Jornel Lugo. Yeah. That kid's good. That kid's going to be something. You know, he's a bantamweight. He, the guy he fought is Skyler uh, Suto. Mm -hmm. Skyler was coming after him. Just technically outstanding by Lugo. I thought I was so impressed with his fight. I enjoyed the hell out of it. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you on when you said the kid. I'm gonna go to Lucas Brennan. Lucas Brennan. Okay. Yeah, well, I so. talked to Lucas in the airport, <laughs> and I gave him all the praise that I could give him at that point. <laughs> so you're done. But his <laughs> his ground game. You got him. Yeah. His ground game. I told him. I said. Dude, you were putting on a clinic. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting back being giddy over your ground game and what he's yeah. doing. And you, that was the other one when you talk, you listen to his dad. His dad is talking, and he's doing. Yep, video you know? game. And man, he was just all over yep. poor Andrew Solis. <laughs> and, I was, 
Andrew Saul is a tough dude. He took a ton of punishment to stay in that fight. But. Yeah, he just had nowhere to go. Salas had nowhere oh. to go, and, and Lucas was just all over him left to right. I mean, and you got to think, oh. what, is he only 20 years old? Yeah. I think he's 20 years old. I mean, his his exchanges from his from his wrestling to his, his grappling, right from the takedown to the passing at 20 years old, he looks good. He looks good. I mean, he's got he's got a long ways to go, but, I mean, he's yeah. 4-0. I, like he's got the pedigree, you know, when your dad's, they own a gym in, I think they're in Oz. No, they're in, they're in Dallas area. Yeah. They're in that Dallas area. So, <clears throat> I mean, his dad's got the pedigree. His dad's a good grappler. His dad was a good fighter. And I think with the right, let's just keep doing what we're doing, son. I mean, he's got to work. You wanna, on his, you he's got to work on his stand up though. You want to hear how, Oh, absolutely. You want to hear how old this is? His dad was training at the Gracie Academy when I was, <laughs> Back in the 1990s, oh. I remember this kid coming in. It was Chris Brennan, and he started grappling and stuff. And uh, he ended up. I think he. I think he started fighting when he was a blue belt. I was supposed to fight him a couple times. Yeah. I was supposed to fight uh, Chris Brennan one time. I think in King of the Cage. No, no, sorry. One time in the WEC. Yeah. I think it was we were supposed to fight down in Fresno. That fight got canceled. And then remember the Ultimate Athlete. Yeah. Remember that magazine they had, The Ultimate Athlete? Him yeah. and I, I yeah. think him and I were supposed to fight in the, uh, remember the one that they had the riots where the bikers, the Mongols, and oh, the, yeah, you know, the yeah, stabbings? Yeah, yeah. We were talking yeah, the, about us fighting on that show. And I think I got signed to the UFC like right before that. <laughs> and it just, it didn't happen. Something didn't happen anyways. But yeah, we were, him and I were supposed to fight several times and it never came, it never came about. But yeah, I was I was always a little concerned about fighting him because he was just known for being a good wrestler with good jujitsu, like phenomenal jujitsu. And his, it was legit. His son's right on track, man. His son's right on track. They got to do something you know, about I, his. They got to work on his striking though in his transition because right now he shoots a little bit raw dog, but he's he's yeah. good. He's and for twenty years old, he's got the talent and he's got not only that, but you can tell he's talking to his dad in the corner. He's so comfortable in that cage. That's yes. one of the hardest things to get them to to do for any fighter, not just kids, anybody. Been, ar been around it his whole life. Yeah, I mean, he sat in the corner. He's like, Dad, I, he's, dad Dad's telling him something. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I was going to do that, but I also felt this, too. And like, it's nice to get feedback from your fighter. Not only that, but your son. Your son, like, you know, and then at the very end, John, what did they say? At the very end of the round, oh. after, I love you, Dad. I love you too. <laughs> he, 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 he told after right when the right when the the break between the third the second and third round he got his one minute his dad gets his dad tells him Chris tells him his dad gets done, gets done talking to him he says all right go, go get him hey I love you and he goes I love you too dad that was fucking I was like this is amazing man this is this is what it's all about it was great yep. good stuff man I mean I thought the show overall was a good show it was one of our better shows it's nice to it see. was a good show it was nice to see uh, the fighters you know live up to the potential and do all the things they were supposed to do so. I was excited for that that card, and it, it lived up to it, so I'm happy about it. Okay, Very so now one fight coming up, Bellator 253. Mm -hmm. What fight excites you? Just give me one. You know, do for, you even do you yeah. even know what's on the card? Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, he just he just pulled it up right now. Yeah, see, I don't have that in yeah, my head. He just man. pulled it up right now. For I me. know what pulling up stuff. Do you want to know what? Sorry, bro. <laughs> Do you want to know, uh, okay, God, there's a lot of fights on here. Not so much yeah. that they excite me, but I'm like, why? Like, you know what I mean? The, the Benson Henderson, Jason Jackson fight. Why is Benson at 170 again? 
I don't know. Okay, so that to me is like it kind of makes that's me a think. Hard, like, that's a like, hard. That's fight a for hard Benson. fight for Jason Benson. is good. He's long. Long guys, not easy to take down. He's Ooh. hard to hold down. I mean, like I just I don't get that. I don't get that mindset. Ed Ruth couldn't hold him down after a while. Yeah, I don't get any. And Ed Ruth couldn't get him down sometimes. Yeah. And so I'm just in my mind. I'm like, why? Uh, I'm always excited to watch Joey Davis. I wish he would fight more. Um, yeah, you know what? That fight against Bobby Lee, though. Bobby Lee is he's kind of like a a stocky Paul Felder <laughs> as yeah. far as the redhead. He doesn't fight like Paul Felder. He throws big bombs and he's a wrestler. Yeah. And he is. It's going to be interesting seeing, you know, Joey Davis has got an you know, incredible background in wrestling. Bobby Lee, his wrestling in, in MMA is really good. and He's a tough dude that comes after you. So it should be a fun fight. But in all fairness, the, Come on. the fight. Wait, where is it? It's not on here. Come on. Go down. No. Oh, there it is. Oh, sorry. The fight that I want to see the most, Keith Lee and Rafian Stotts. That's a good one. That's the fight I want to see. That's a good fight. Yeah, that's that to me. That's the really fight that I that really want to see. The one fight, the, but then the other fighter that I want to see is I want to see Jalil Willis. I want to see him. Jalil's good because he was supposed to fight against Patricky. That fight fell through. Um, that didn't happen because Patricky in the back, right, like an hour before the fight, he ended up getting vertigo. Not an hour before the fight, he had it all day, but they were hoping yeah. it would. He could control it up until the fight so they had to pull a fight within an hour before the fight but that keith lee and rafian stotts fight is going to be a good fight rafian stotts if he's able to get him down and out wrestle him and just control the position he wins easily but on the feet it's a 50 50 fight i would actually give the lead to to uh, keith lee keith keith lee has looked really good he's long he's he's explosive he's fast. got he's got good takedown defense he's fast i mean he's going to give stotts some problems but i think stotts can be able to get him down what do you what, what fight are you excited about? Sean Bunch couldn't. Yeah. Well, Sean got him down. Just Sean couldn't do anything with him. He got him down no, one no, time, no, one or two no, times, no. right? No, no, no. Negatory. No, I thought he got him down twice. Just wasn't yeah. able to, c to control it. Just but anyway, I, right I guess that's not really getting him down then, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, if I'm looking at I think that I I really am looking forward to the Rafael Stotts Keith Lee fight. I think that's fun. But you gotta go. Caldwell against AJ, it's going to be interesting. You can't pick the main event. I can. No, of I course can, I want to see the main did. event. Of course I, I want to see the main event. I can, I just event. did. John, did they train together at some point? No. Okay. Someone was trying to tell me that they used to train together at at, uh, at AJ's place. At AJ's place. I was like, mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, anyways. Um, yeah, to me, that's going to be a great fight. We're going to see 16-0 AJ McKee, and we're going to see Darian Caldwell. Someone who's yep. got the pedigree of the wrestling. If I was AJ, I would, I would pressure carefully, but keep the pressure. You've got to always keep pressure. that pressure and make Darian tired by putting pressure, whether and it's staying outside of the tech to the the takedown range. But pressure, pressure, long stuff, long side well, kicks, this, long foot push you kicks. Gotta, you, if you take a look at this, this is the first time that I can think of. AJ is fighting someone that can out-wrestle him. He's always been that guy. He likes to stand up. He likes to, you know, be, a, you know, the knockout guy. But he's always been able to control exactly where the fight's at through his superior wrestling ability. This is the first time he doesn't have that. The guy he's facing is a better wrestler by far. Yeah, yeah. Not even by a little bit. Yeah, by a lot. By far. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. But... Uh, 
But we have but. seen Darian Caldwell in the second, third round start to slow down. Yeah. And this is let's remind everyone this is a five round fight. But this is also, if you're taking a look at it, he took the O away from Adam Borch, who was 14 and 0 going into that fight. Yeah. And now he's got AJ McKee. He could take his O2 possibly. Yeah, he possibly could. He possibly, possibly. could. I don't I don't know if he will. I think I Darian either. can out wrestle him. I think Darian uses a lot of energy when he wrestles. He's done that since yeah. college and he continues to do it in MMA. But what he does is he's very dangerous in those two rounds because he's so strong. He's yep. he belongs in that weight class at 145 because if I you look so. at his body, I size, think it's a better weight class for him. If you look far. at his body stature and his size, he is the same as AJ McKee. I think AJ, I think Darian's a little bit smaller than AJ. AJ a little bit taller. But it's close. Know. It's close though. It's, it's close. close. Yeah. But I'm excited to see because the two of them, like AJ's got the stand up. He's got the side kicks, the push kicks, the long with the long jabbing, you know, comes from different angles. He's not going to fight him with, you know, a, a real basic style of boxing, kickboxing. It's going to be harder for Darion to shoot in on that, you yep. know, until AJ puts himself out of position, which AJ does a lot, you know. And so that could end up with making the easy takedowns, which is hopefully he doesn't do. So as far as with Darion, he's just got to make sure when he does get to the position that he's able to try to suck it up like what he did with uh, Boric. He was able to get him against the fence. Boric made a mistake and lashed it in right away for the early. I saw him before that fight the, in the morning of when I walked over to his hotel. I was like, hey, I saw him. I said, you know, how are you, are you in shape? He's like, ah. He's like, yeah, I'm in shape. I'm in f the best shape of my life. I hear all that stuff all the time. We all no do. Time. But he's like, oh, I'm going to get him out of there in one anyways. And in my mind, I'm like, no way, man. I can't believe you're saying this shit. Really? You're going to get him out of one? Sure shit. He went out there and got him out of one. There you go. But, I mean, AJ is one of those guys that I see him get better every single fight. But in his last fight against Campos, he just... He also he, tore his knee out. He tore his knee, but he looked sloppy. He looked sloppy up until the tearing his knee out, though. He was really... I think he was trying to, like, impose his will. He was trying to be... He was trying to overdo it. Yep. And it seemed like after I talked to him, him after that... Fast. Yeah, after I talked to him about that, he's like, he's like, yeah, I learned my lesson. He's like, I wasted a lot of energy just doing things that I shouldn't have done. He's like, I thought if I went out, I said, that dude can take shots. You're going to probably get more tired punching his face than he will That's taking exactly. your shot. Yeah. Certain people are that way. That's Darian true. is not that way. Darian doesn't like to get hit. Nobody likes to get hit, but Darian don't like it at all. You know, and so that makes you more tired along with the forcing the wrestling. So you touch him and you make him wrestle in positions where he doesn't want to wrestle. AJ's got a good chance. But he just got to make sure he don't make any mistakes in those first two, two and a half rounds because Darius is tough in those first two, two and a half rounds, yep. three rounds. All right, UFC's got, what, 255 coming up? Let me see. I want to say, is that what it is? Oh, yep. Dave's over there asleep. What's your, what's your fight that you want to see in that one? I know mine. Paul Craig. God, <laughs> please. It's a rematch. He's going to go with the rematch in Paul Craig and Mauricio <laughs> Shogun Hua. Uh, the fight Please, that I want to see, the fight that I want to yeah. see is the uh, Mike Perry fight. Thank you. Yes. Yes, Dirty Bird. I love Timmy. Yeah, I want to see Mike Perry. Yeah, I, I want to see, see who's Mike, in his corner Mike and who paid him Perry. ten grand. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> I want to see who's in there that shouldn't Dude, be there. Well, you know, Dana told him that can do Tim that. Tim Means is great. How do you? I love Tim how Means. is he gonna know if that person hasn't been working with them or not? I think Dana said it's illegal or something. It's not illegal. It's not illegal. That's a lie. Dana just doesn't want it to happen. 
It's not illegal. Exactly. It's not illegal. You can get you can have anybody you want corner you as long as they don't have something you know against them that like the athletic mission they, yeah they can't have a felony though either right or something like that well it depends they have had people with felonies <laughs> long ago but if you've never been suspended by another athletic commission you don't have a recent felony type thing they don't have a choice john stop yeah. putting josh on blast <laughs> So um, Dana, Dana can sit there and say what he wants. There's nothing illegal. About it. Nice yeah, yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's not. But I mean, I think I want to see the Mike Perry to see who's in this corner. And I like Tim Means <laughs> as well. But I also want to see Cynthia Cavillo fight. So yeah. I want to see her fight because uh, Chikagian's not bad. The two of them together, I think it'll make for a good fight. Chikagian's long, strikes long. I mean, Cynthia, she's been training AK, but I don't know how much she's been there lately because of the, the COVID. She was there for her last camp. Uh, last two camps, I think she's been there for her last two fights. So, I don't know. I, I that's that's a fight I'm kind of interested in seeing. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of both of them. They're both very fun to watch. How about Ooh, Valentina? Yeah, uh, baby. I mean, she's just. So I will good. watch her every time. I, I know, but I just, honestly I, don't think it's going to be a good fight. I just feel like you're throwing people to I the wolves. Like you're just <laughs> you're just throwing them to the wolves. Like like they're just lunch meat for her. Yep. She brought up a good point. Is that it's just time for her to fight Amanda Nunes again? Yeah, she's like, like she's kind of just making money, which is cool. You're making a ton of money doing your thing. I get it, but it's it gets to a point where like you also are in your prime. If you're gonna fight Amanda Nunes again, do it again soon. You're gonna have to yeah. do it again because she looks phenomenal and she's just starching everybody in her division. It's not even close. These fights are not even close. I mean, like I said, they're just throwing lunch meat out there to the wolf. It's just like here you go. So, um. Yeah, that that's one of those fights, you know. And obviously, I like uh, Alan Juban, so he's a phenomenal yeah. fighter. He's a fucking phenomenal person, you know. So I, I I always look forward to watching him fight as well. Yep. Um, what do you think about Hua? It's time to hang it up, man. Yes, it is. If he loses to Paul Craig, then he needs to. I think he needs to retire. Oh, I I don't care if he wins. He needs to retire. <laughs> he needs to retire. It's time. And it's, this is that's that's not me in any way being no. disrespectful to him or I I love Mauricio Hua. He is a class dude. He's been an unbelievable fighter. He has given wars, but I don't want to see him get hurt anymore. Yeah. yeah. The same way. Cuz here's the thing, even when the fights, even when the when he wins the fight, he gets he's fucked damage. up. Tons of damage, oh, yeah. not a little bit. I know. He's just taking yeah. tons of damage. I haven't seen him go through a fight recently where he went out there and won like he used to win. No, he like he grinds it out and he barely gets away with a win or he barely just or he gets just fucked up for the whole fight, you know, and has moments, but they're, they're not moments that are going to win him the fight. And I mean, uh, I mean, I'm hoping that Dana does kind of what he did with the with the Anderson thing like I'm going to give you one, maybe two more, and we're going to have to start talking about this has got to be done. You know, so I just, I don't know, man. I can't watch that. Scroll down a little bit. Let me see who else is on that card. Dawkins isn't bad. He's uh, Kyle Dawkins. How do you say his last name? Dawkins? I think it's Dawkins, yeah. And then you have have Buckley again. He's back. Yep, He's back, but the the one, if you're going to really look, is the... uh... The Brandon fight. Brandon Marino against Brandon Royval. Oh, That's Royval. I forgot about him. That's a good fight. Ooh. That's going to be fun. Because little Brandon Marino uh-huh. is a little, he's a little gangster, man. That dude is tough as hell. 
you got to figure, you know, everyone got to know him from the ultimate fighter mm-hmm. when they had the, uh, all the champions from the different, um, organizations, organizations, you know, at 125, and then whoever won it was gonna, yeah, be able to fight Demetrius and stuff. And so, you know, when I, I can remember when they all saw Brandon Moreno and they saw it, and they, they go, this guy ain't gonna do it. He was tough as hell. <laughs> that, little, that little bastard. Uh, he had no quit in him, man. He is tough. He has remained tough. He's gotten way better as a fighter, yeah. but the guy he's fighting, Oof. dangerous. Dangerous, yeah. dangerous on the ground. He doesn't look good. Like physically, he doesn't look good, Roy Vall. But he's good. Oh, <laughs> he's good. Man, he's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's gonna be a good one. How does Buckley come on that card and not end up on the main card after that most viral, most viral video ever in UFC history? Well, let's let's talk about this, John. Let's talk about this. Does that does that card break two hundred thousand pay per views? No. You don't think it does? It no, I don't. I think it barely does. This is what you see, and this is where you look at this card because you can take a look at the last one and you go, "Holy shit, what a card that was!" Like, How many that did was you do? the one. Uh, from what I had heard, five hundred, a little over five hundred. Okay, I, I think was, I think this card does. I think this card breaks two hundred. The only reason why is I'm going to say because Mike Perry is a mouthpiece. Mike Perry is <laughs> people are going to tune in to watch Mike Perry. Then you've yeah. got who you've got Shogun Hua, who's from Brazil, and you've also got um, uh, Maya, right? She's fighting Shevchenko from Brazil for the yeah. title. They're gonna pull in a little bit from from Brazil. They're, I, th- I think it's gonna Brazil. Break. The, Brazil That's doesn't right. have pay per view. They don't do, do pay per view. Gosh, man. Ugh. I, I the UK wait. barely just started, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, their, their ability to pay, and the, the big, their biggest problem was it's not a problem for them. This is what that ESPN deal has yeah, done for them. Yeah. Is they can put this card together and it can be a pay-per-view and it's like, okay, if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it because they're still getting their money. I so. think it's going to be a sleeper card though. With the names I think it's a good there's, card. There's, yeah, there's some names on there that I'm like, well, okay, there's, look. There's some good fights. They may never be champions, but this can be fun to watch. I think yeah, it's going to be a fun card the, to watch. The problem is the biggest name power you have is in a fight where you have a champion who's going I hate to say it. I know this is disrespectful. She's she's going to eat Jennifer Maya up. Yeah, uh, Shevchenko's just better. Yep. And then you've got you know the biggest name if you're looking on it is Mauricio. Yeah, it's Shogun. He's the biggest name there, and you know he's fighting Paul Craig, and it's a rematch, and he's just not the same guy. So, mm. you know, if you're looking, you know, they don't have that you know that big name because you know Figueredo is not it yet, and there's something about 125ers or never it at that, but you know, Mike Perry might be your one of your biggest names yeah. too, like you're saying. Yeah. There's just so much surrounding him with all the drama that people tune in. You know, yeah. I, I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna break well, they'll break two hundred, I think barely, but not by much. I want to say like two ten, two oh five, two twenty. But it's not gonna be like two ninety, almost three hundred. It won't be like that. I think they're gonna barely escape ass. I mean, the original numbers we'll probably get are be like three eighty. Which means a hundred and something thousand of them are fake. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how all pay per views work. It doesn't matter if it's boxing or if it's MMA. So, um, anyways, okay. So where do we go from? What's the Joe Rogan and uh, Khabib thing going on? Uh, what? Well, Khabib just saying that he's still in a Usada pill and yeah. he's tested forty seven times since in the last five years. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Which is, I mean, I, I think we kind of all know where this is going. There's a little bit of talk and conversation with the GSP thing still potentially yeah. happening. I mean, that's the, that's the only fight. I'm telling you guys right now, that is the only fight. And if you and if you have, if for him, he has got the right manager to get the deal done. Not because it's Ali, but because Ali knows GSP. He has trained with GSP at Henzo's. He knows GSP. Yep. He's been around GSP. They have that relationship of, hey. If you want to do it, let's do it. Let's just be honest with each other. I think Ali can call up GSP and say, hey, let's just be honest with each other. Are we going to do the fight and not? Then let can be brought right off into the sunset. And if GSP is he's serious about it, which it sounds like, or I don't think he would still be in the in the, the drug pool. He wouldn't be in USADA's drug pool thing if, if he wasn't. No, he would drop out. If he, if, yeah. if, if he didn't think there was a possibility of it, he'd be out. Yeah, I don't. I think so too. I don't think there's another, there's not one other fight that that interests him at all it's not going to happen so there must be something going on with their time and as much as i as much as i know about khabib i don't know about that you know i'm just saying that i just think that he wouldn't be doing the drug test that's because he knows if he tells you you'll tell everyone (laughs) that'll get him in trouble so nah Uh, come on man you you would spill the bean no way You would tell me and I'd tell everyone. (laughs) What a jerk. (laughs) Oh, man. What a jerk. So what else? So you said. So so um, so this is what annoys me about Dos Anjos is that this week he was saying that he he's not back. He's he was questioned about being back at lightweight for the corner fight. And he said, no, I'm not back at lightweight for the corner fight. I'm back at lightweight for the title. Uh, since Khabib retired, but now he then goes and calls out Connor and says that Connor's the only other champion at lightweight now that Khabib's retired. Um, everyone else was either interim champ or not a champ, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, well, why are you calling out Connor if you said you're not back here for the Connor fight? So, because he's saying he wants that everybody else, like Dustin Poirier, would be one, is our interim. Justin Gaethje was an interim; they were never the guy that held. The real the, title. The real title. Where Dos Anjos did and Connor did. Mm-hmm. So you can take a look and say, all right, there's there's an angle to it. He's yeah. trying to come up with an angle so he can get that fight. I don't know if that's a good fight for him. You know, it's not a good fight for him and the fight will never happen. Yeah. Like Connor's not picking him. Well Connor said Connor tweeted in response to him and said, Let's do it after I do Dustin Poirier. I mean, yeah, because he's left-handed. He, he, I think he's really making a pitch. I think he, there, there's a little truth behind the fact that he probably wants to try to fight Manny Pacquiao. Oh, no doubt. You know, and if he can get that fight, he'll ride off. I think after that Pacquiao fight, he'll ride off into the sunset. Like, I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll ever hear from him again. I mean, you will in terms of like proper whiskey. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you that if he gets that Manny Pacquiao fight, it will be nothing like what you saw Floyd Mayweather doing. Yeah. Manny Pacquiao will go out there to knock his fucking head off into about the third row in as quick a time as he can do. There will be no, I'll, I'll let you just ride for a couple rounds. Yeah, I know. And that sucks because like the betting odds get better as the fight goes on. (laughs) (laughs) I made money off the Connor fight. The fight ain't going to go on. I bet a hundred bucks every round. And by the time I got to the 10th round, I made $2,800 because the odds were so damn good. Yeah. I was like, so whatever you lose a thousand dollars, you make, you make another 1800. So it worked out perfectly. 
So, but what are they going to do with the lightweight title? So, um, so just more news on lightweight. Um, they got to work out. Like the fighters got to get to the top. There is, there's no one that's like a standout. Like who's going to be next? You would think they'd push for Connor. I mean, but who's to say that he even really wants to have it? So you Tony know? Ferguson challenges Putts. What's Putts, by the way? What does that mean? Putts Michael Chandler to December fight. So Tony's calling out <laughs> What's Chandler. Putts. Putts. What's wrong? December you, showdown. Are you no? Putts. It's Putts. It's Putts. P U T Z. What is P-U-T-Z. that? P U T Z. It's like a Jewish word. It's oh. you're a putz. You're a, you're a, a pansy. You're oh, a okay. Okay. You're a candy ass. So what did it say? <laughs> so a candy <laughs> ass. Now, now you're talking my language, John. I'm all about that <laughs> WWE. Lay the smack down on his candy ass. <laughs> candy ass. <laughs> uh, Tony called out Michael Chandler uh, for a December fight, um, and then obviously Connor and Dustin are. Um, I guess confirmed for January twentieth. January twenty third, but that yeah, should that's the twenty third. That should I think that's going to end up being for the title. I think so too. You watch. I think so too. Could even GSP won't be at fifty five. No, it won't yeah. be at fifty five. No, it, it will not be. not be. It should not. GSP be. cannot get to fifty five and be healthy. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a good fight then at fifty five. I want to see a real fight. I want to see. A no, good it fight. should be around one sixty five. Yeah, I can see them fighting at seventy. To be honest. I can see him. Doing I mean, it's that. not. It's not like Khabib's not just as big. Yeah, they're yeah. the same size. Yeah. So, so does Chandler and uh, Tony won't be for the title? Does is Justin Gaethje in there anywhere? As far as yeah, Justin Gaethje should be fighting Dan, Dan Hooker. Hooker. Oh yeah, that would. They be a should great put fight. Justin Gaethje against Dan Hooker. You have a winner there. If you if Poirier and Connor fight, there's your champion. Then you can have Tony and Chandler fight. And whichever one was the best, as far as it was the most uh, impactful fight, the best mm-hmm. fight, the guy who wins it, he gets the first shot. Does oh. to- d- okay, I'm, t- I'm tired of not getting paid to be the matchmaker. Does the Tony <laughs> beat Chandler? Does Tony beat Chandler? I don't. You know, and, and okay, this is the problem. I look at Chandler, and there's guys in the UFC, I think, that are going to beat him. Tony's not one of them though. And, and I've been around I've been I know, but I've been around Tony a lot and I I know what Tony's strengths are and I and there's things about him that are incredible but he is slowing down. I'm just seeing it. He is slowing down and and with that, you know, that the fight against Justin didn't help him. Yeah. And one thing that Chandler is is fast and explosive in the beginning. Now that's a good thing for him. But it's a bad thing as far as the way Tony is, as far as his conditioning and his ability to drive through the fight. But I think that uh, Chandler's going to cause Tony problems. There's a speed factor there that Chandler has a a, a true, uh, there's a deficit, let's say that, for Tony. I think the longer the fight goes, it favors Tony. Sure. I think you would so. think because yeah. Chandler has faded out in his performances going into the fifth round where... Yep. Tony is a guy that runs at a high RPM for a long time, but when he's taking shots, yeah, it's not so much that he's still not coming forward. His his offense stops. Yeah, he doesn't do the same things, and so he becomes normal. Normal is not good. He's got to be Tony Ferguson. So I don't know. I, I just you know the, the I could put. Other fights in there and say, I think Tony Ferguson wins it. That one is just not, uh, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but that that's the hardest fight for Tony I think there is. 
Yeah, I could see that. I guess I could see that. But then again, I look at too. I look at uh, I think Chandler after seeing after seeing the Justin Gaethje performance against Khabib, I think Chandler beats Justin Gaethje. Yeah, with the wrestling that he has, I mean, like Khabib took look, him down at ease. Chandler would be taking Justin down. Yeah, and on the ground, Chandler's good. Yeah, you know, he's got good submissions. He's strong. His scrambles are freaking phenomenal. He'll end up in the top position most of the time. Now, can Justin put his lights out? Yeah, Justin can put yeah. his lights out. But it's uh, not, in my opinion, Mike is the favorite in that. But now, I'm being honest. Guy who fought tonight, RDA. I think Oof. he gives Chandler problems. Hard time. I, I was think thinking the same Chandler thing. Problems. I was thinking the same thing. You know? Yeah. I've always, I, I really like, you know, Dos Anjos. He's a good fighter. Now, he's a little bit slower than he used to be and yeah. stuff, you know, but. But that kick hasn't gotten any easier. Jeez. <laughs> he kicked Paul Felder's elbow a couple of times. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. he just nasty with that rear kick. But you I know? think he gives Chandler problems in a fight. I yeah. think he wins it. This this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Yep. We were talking about Patricio and Volkanovski and Max and those guys and them all fighting. Yeah. When you get to that that upper level, like I can matchmate guys that can beat Chandler, and I can matchmate guys that can't beat Chandler. They could be the number one guy, you know. But I can also get the number six guy to beat Chandler. But I can have Chandler beat the number one guy. Styles make matchups, man. Like you, we can oh, sit here and absolutely. do. And I could make believe. Could you MMA imagine all night long? Could you imagine sitting there and being able to put? The fighters in both featherweight divisions from Bellator and the UFC together. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine putting Brian Ortega and God. Manuel Sanchez together? Yeah, that would be fun. But see, that's another guy. I think. I mean, I think Brian Ortega is another guy that gives Patricio a hard time. The length, the reach, so all those things, the size. I think I, he gives him a I hard think time. So too. You know, like yeah, you put, and, yeah. But, but, but he he'll never he'll never get Patricio down. No. So it's got to be a stand up that does it. And it's a matter of, because Brian has proven he's got a chin. Yeah. He's got fucking, he's got steel wires coming out of that thing. Yeah. You know, so does Patricio have the power to hurt him like other guys have not been able to? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It makes, it, it makes for a fun conversation every single yeah. time. I could talk about this shit all damn day. <laughs> I think we do when we're together, yes, which is we again do. in another couple of days. Yeah, that's, we're nerds. We're a bunch <laughs> of fucking MMA nerds. We are um, What else up there? Hey, give me this. What's this? Uh, DJ one. What? DJ one. Yeah. Let's talk about DJ. We haven't talked about DJ in a while. He says he might never fight DJ again. DJ says because he might not fight. Yeah. He may never yeah. fight again because of COVID? Yeah. Well, he's saying, DJ has looked, if you recall, DJ for a while said that he thought that about 35 was the time that he would be saying he wasn't going to fight anymore. Yeah. And I think he's 34. And with the COVID and Asia and everything that's going on and not fighting in front of crowds and everything. Yeah. He's looking at it like, you know what? I'm not too keen on uh, traveling over to Asia to fight in front of nobody. I don't know what he's talking about. He'll end up he'll end up working for one. Because okay. Matt Hume works That's for fine. one. Fra uh, Rich That's Franklin fine. works for one. So he'll be in yeah. Asia quite a bit. He'll probably have to move to Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? They pretty much all have. So yeah. <laughs> Rich Franklin lives there now. I think Matt's pretty much there like eight months out of the year. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it would suck. I, I believe so. there was another thing too. DJ. DJ said, I think he said that John Jones was the GOAT. You know, I'm gonna have to have a word with DJ about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
Good stuff. Verdum says that he's uh, negotiations with Bellator have stalled, um, and he's going to potentially go to PFL. That his his negotiations didn't stall. That's not true. Yep. Is that? I don't think there ever were. <laughs> they were. They were really there. I'll take the silences. Let's move on. Well, yeah. but this is, you know, and we've talked about this. Bellator has, they have a completely different mindset on what they want. Yeah. And they want young killers. They want people that can beat anybody that are young, that are going to be around. Mm-hmm. And I think they're right. I think they're on the right That's track. That's what you want. They signed uh, Magomed Magomedov, uh, who will be fighting, I think, what, December? He's on the December card. I think, yep. he's, on, I think he's on the December card. He's the, Stand he's by. The, he's the only guy to defeat Peter Jan, who's the champ. Peter Jan's one loss. One loss was to him. Magomed. I mean, he's look, yeah, he's a stud. And then they've signed a couple other really top guys from Russia as well and a couple other guys that uh, I'm excited let's, to see. Let's, hold it. In all fairness, let's be honest, Magomed's one loss is to Peter Yan because I did that fight. <laughs> yes. So, so, so uh, they both have a win apiece. Yeah, they're both equal right now. But yeah, I mean, There's good, good stuff. I mean, so I think you have, I think uh, Bellator and the UFC have. I mean, not sorry, the UFC, but Bellator is kind of pushed in the right direction to figure out what they want to do with the moving forward after January. You know, and I think, you know, look, the, I said something last week about how that Bellator's not looking to sign people off losses. I mean, we know we signed Corey Anderson, but Corey Anderson's also ranked number four in the world rankings, so it'd be kind of foolish for them not to. And the UFC and him were obviously not getting along, so they released him and let him go because he wanted to go. But he's uh, a young He's young killer. Also. He's 30 years old. And he's a killer. Yeah. He's good. Yep. So... So I think there's a lot of potential and talent uh, that are coming up that people should start paying attention to. So, and I think the champions in Bellator, and I think the number one, you know, the people that are number one and number two in Bellator, y'all better be ready, because I don't think there's going to be. I think the one silver lining of of COVID for for fight promotions was to cut the fat. We don't have fans, so we might as well have the best fights, and the best fights were going to bring people's eyeballs to the TV. And I think that was, I think that's kind of what the mentality is right now at Bellator and everything and all the buzz that's happening right now. And I see it. I mean, we have that card was, that card was a great card that we just had good fights, technical fights and uh, good performances. You know, um, I can't help it if Patricio makes people look like they don't belong in there with him. It's no different than when you see other, <laughs> it's true. It goes with anybody. When you see other, not just fighters, when you're talking about like the best football players, like, you know, like you said with Tom Brady, sometimes it makes it look like teams shouldn't be in there. You know, and so, you know, it just, it makes, there's other sports where you see tennis players, like it make them look other people like they shouldn't be on the, on the court with them. And that's kind of what he's doing right now. And I can't explain it enough where he's visually seeing everything. He's making everyone else look bad. So, um, I mean, it's, it's good. I I'm looking forward to what the new year has to bring, you know, hopefully COVID's wrapped up and vaccined and everyone else that wants to take one. Ugh. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, let, let, let me say this about the whole uh, Fabricio Verdun thing. And, and I love Fabricio. He's a great guy. And he was talking about wanting to fight Fedor. But, if you're Scott Coker, do you want Fabricio to, to beat Fedor a second time? No, you don't. It's not going to do you any good. And it's not, you know, Fedor is on his retirement tour. That's what Scott has set up for him. And he's really got one more fight. Yeah. So if, if Fabricio comes and he, he fights Fedor, and wins now you've got another 40 
what's he 40 41 43 40 41 year old fighter 43 yeah damn fabrizio yeah there you got a 43 year old fighter that what are you gonna do with him you know you're stuck so i and yeah there comes a point where you know age is a problem for fighters not only in their skill level but also in what a promoter can do with them compared to what they're looking for with their younger fighters yeah tough yeah, I mean, I, in the heavyweight division, I mean, you've got you've got guys there too that I think just if you after he, if he does beat if he did come and sign, he did beat Fedor, you put him in the heavyweight division in Bellator, he's going to get beat. Minikov's going to beat him. That's uh, going to beat him. Yeah, Minikov's going to beat him. Uh, what's the other one? The other uh, the smaller one. Valentin Moldovsky. Moldovsky. Moldovsky's going to beat him. Uh, oh. You're going to have you know these guys are going to be. It's it's like now you have a 43 year old that you just signed to probably pay him pretty well because he's got a name. Yeah, you've got to pay him good because he's yeah, used to making good money. Yeah, but I mean, who's to say that he's tar- he wants to go talk to PFL? Well, P- who's to say PFL is even going to be around? Oh, someone did. <laughs> you know, we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, I would really like to get Lance Palmer over in our di- or for a 45 pound division. I would love that. That would be good. I've always been a big fan of Lance. The party college wrestling. I've always been a big fan, so I hope he comes over. It'd be nice. Well, okay. you know, I hate to say, both you and I kind of talked him into staying. <laughs> I wouldn't PSL say we talked him into club. it. We just well, told I mean, him. We, we told him, look, you know, let's be smart here. What, what's the reasons you're fighting? You know, but, Money. So we you know. exactly it should be. Yeah, I mean, and he he's made it look so easy winning the last two tournaments. I mean, like you make your million dollars plus all your purses on top of it. Yeah, I was like, there's really no reason for you to leave. It's not like they're signing in a bu- like a bunch of new talent to beat you. You know, so you're fighting the same people over and over again. You already know them. You know how to beat them. Just keep doing what you're doing until they sign some killer that's going to come in here. that's like 22 years old is going to mop the floor with you. Fucking stay there and make your millions. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, that like if you yeah. look at what Eddie Alvarez has done with his career, it's phenomenal. The guy's gone everywhere with the most amount of money. He is banked. I mean, I mean, he's got it. He's got four kids. So do, do you recall what Eddie did before he was ever in Bellator? Wasn't it Bodog? He was in Bodog. Yeah, he was in Bodog. And even before Bodog. Uh, okay. Elite XC, correct? And was he used XC? to, Eddie used to, in the Philadelphia area, he would basically tell the promoter, look, I'll bring you 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. And he would. He yeah. would He would bring whatever he said. So he would sell out the you know, the place. And so you were, you, the one thing you couldn't do is you couldn't put Eddie in the middle of the show because then all the people would leave after he fought but you know he made a ton of money because he would say hey i'll sell this many tickets and i get you know so much percentage of those ticket sales yeah you know he was always smart about it man. he's a hustler then the, yeah. one, the one great thing is and you and it was i think it was you telling me the story someone was telling me that you know he grew up in a really rough neighborhood he grew yeah, up he really not having a whole lot and yep. when he became a fighter, he always said, like, no matter what, I will not go back to that lifestyle. So no matter, if you've noticed, he's gone to every place in every promotion that has paid him the most money. He's, Absolutely. He, look, friendships are one thing, but business the only is one, another thing. The only one that he didn't, if you really look at it, when he left Bellator to go to the UFC, I don't think he made as much money. Yeah, but that was, was, gonna, that, was, was a, that was an issue with Bjorn. Exactly. And Coker and that just was, came in. And he, was, he was just done. And Coker, Coker, Coker wanted him. Coker wanted him to stay. He just said, "Look, we understand your frustration is not just with you know Bjorn, but the just the whole promotion. It's already been tainted. 
do you want to go? He's like, yeah, just release me, you know, and I'm going to go do my thing. And, you know, maybe we'll work together later on down the road. Eddie was very professional about it when it came to dealing with Scott. I've had this conversation with Scott and Scott was speaks very highly of it. He loves Eddie. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, I wish we could have kept him. I really wanted to keep him. He's like, but he's like, the bottom line was I knew how he already had felt about everything that was going on. And he just wanted out. He's like, and I don't want to have a fighter here that just feels that way. I want everyone here to be happy. And that's, he was in a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I think that's kind of why they got rid of the lawsuit, though, is they got rid of it because it was like, hey, Eddie, I'll just let you go. He's like, okay, I'll go. And then that's kind of what made everything kind of better. So, um, yeah, yeah I, but I look at him and I say he is a perfect example of what was that saying that, that you stuck with you forever with Lorenzo Fertitta? about business <laughs> oh and eddie's Renzo, that eddie's that guy Lorenzo fertita told me he says john he goes friendship is friendship and business is business but remember friendship never takes place over business and i was like oh that just scared the hell out of me yeah but, i mean yeah but eddie is that guy eddie's you know, that guy friendship is friendship but business is business because at the end of the day those yeah. friends in that in that business in that industry are not going to help feed your family like you're gonna yep. make your money, make your money, and when they they start trying to cut your pay, go somewhere else. You know, um, I wasn't able to have the same success that he was, but like when it came down to making those agreements and those arguments and those those contracts with the promotions that I was with, I always went where the money was. Didn't matter where, where it didn't matter what organization it was. I didn't give a shit about being in one <laughs> one promotion. I cared about making money. And Eddie's well, done the same thing. It's phenomenal to see. I love it. In the end, this is where what people get confused by it. and it's it's okay because you're they're not looking at it like it's a business but it, fighting is a business yeah you are you are selling your body and allowing it to be damaged for a certain amount of money that's just the, the fact of it is prize and fighting just, and, and prize fighter and to sit there and say well i'm fighting for belts okay then fight for nothing whoa i'm not gonna fight for nothing well so you're not fighting for belts yeah you're fighting for money because you're a prize fighter and you've got to have it in your mind. Look, I, I, I want to be happy where, where I'm at. That, that is important, but your happiness should be based upon how much money you're putting in the bank. Yeah. At really, as a prize fighter, that's what it should be based upon because in the end you have a short window, eh, 10, 15, maybe 20 years. If you're really good, Okay, that you have to make money that should last you for the rest of your life if you're good. Yeah. You know, so if, if you're not making the most money in that time period, you're cheating yourself, you're cheating your family, you're, you're making life hard for you for the rest of your life. So, got to yeah. be smart. Eddie's done a great job. Eddie's yep. done a phenomenal job. I love it. I love seeing him. I, I know people are like, oh, well, he left, you know, that I say he left because he knew he was going to make a over a million dollars <laughs> like it's like you go because you're gonna make all that money so i was happy to see that he's, he's out there taking care of himself and his family uh what else um john cavanaugh's dream match is connor v patricio uh does it ever happen can it ever happen no it won't ever happen john cavanaugh said that that's his dream match and patricio said he's ready for it but you know he would be ready for it. He'll fight anybody. Yeah. But he even said he'd fight gonna... his own brother, by the way. He's he like, did. He's... I love that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because we, we talked to him. So, well, you know, we, all right, are you thinking about you know dropping the belt so your brother can fight for it? He goes, No, he can fight me for it. I love <laughs> I go, it. I go, 
are you serious? Would you, you would fight? Of course. I fight him all the time. Yeah. He goes, if he can beat me, he can have it. If he can't, too bad. I love it. I love it. Best. It's true. I mean, hey, we might as well both get paid to fight each other for the title. That's, That's it. Been doing it for it, free all this time. Uh, I don't think that, uh, no, that, that fight won't happen because you have one that's in Bellator and one that's in the UFC. And unfortunately, some people in those promotions don't want to do cross promotion. Hey, let's go ahead. I was just going to ask, is there never a scenario though where Patricio says, I'm fed up with people talking about me v. Connor, champ, champ, v. champ, champ. I'm fed up with people talking about me being the best featherweight. Let me go to the UFC. No. 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 I the I don't think here's the thing with Patricio is that he's very all the conversations we have, he's extremely loyal to Bellator. He's been there since he yep. was a young kid and he has no desire to go anywhere else. I, I, the conversation well, between him and with uh Patricio, the same thing. Go ahead. It's it's a matter of also look at he's he's uh he trains with a lot of different people. He talks with those people and he gets the inside of what it's like to be working for other promotions and he's just decided i don't want those problems i like where i'm at they treat yeah. me really good so there can't was one, blame him for that the one last thing i want to talk to you about this thing we've gone we've got some time here um have we yeah two hours okay i know it's getting late for you because you're on the east coast but the one last thing i want to andrew <laughs> yang has come out and said that he's going to actually chase after the ufc and dana white for the all Andrew Act yang as, follows me on twitter as well as unions yeah, I believe that. If, if you know, and you, God knows what's going to happen. I don't even want to get into politics. We're not going to. But whatever happens. But if Andrew Yang gets a position on uh, Biden's, uh, what would you call it? One administration, of his, administration, administration. Administration. Administration position. He has publicly said, and, and look, he's friends with Leslie Smith, too. Leslie has, uh, she talks with him and stuff. So he has publicly said that he's going to go after uh, MMA and wow. change it for the betterment of fighters. Is that better though? I, know. I don't yeah. know. That, you know, there's there's certain parts I would tell you yes, and there's certain parts I would tell you no. If you're just going to be flat out honest about it, so you know, so the, what Al, does he... the Ali Act doesn't really work considerably well in MMA for a lot of reasons. Explain to me some of those. Yeah, reasons. what does it do? All right. What does it change? He'll tell you. You got, you, you got to figure out what the Ali Act was put in place for. The Ali Act was put in place, you know, as simple as it gets. It was because of Don King. Yeah. Okay. Don King is a promoter who managed fighters. So he also took, you know, you, you go back and, you know, Mike Tyson hates Don King. It's got a big part in his, his you know, stand-up talk show that he used to do about Don King and how he, how he hates him. Don King charged Mike Tyson, I think, $186,000 for towels, for white towels during one of his training things. $186,000. You tell me how many fucking towels that is. Yeah. Okay. But that's the type of thing that happened. He was his management and he was his promoter. So to try to protect fighters, it became apparent that you couldn't have someone both manage and promote the fighter. Now in MMA, that has happened a lot, you know, and it's never been a bad thing really in MMA. Now people can look at Dana and say, you know, well, Dana White is that. No, he's not. Dana is a promoter. Dana was managing Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell at the time that the Fertitas bought the UFC and he then gave 
that management position to somebody else and walked away from it to become the president of the UFC. So Dana's never been in that position where he has both managed fighters and been their, their promoter. The other part of what the Ali Act does is some things that it does is good, that's good is it allows the fighters to know exactly how much the promotion made for their show, for that fight that they bought. So they get a complete rundown. Now that rundown is also going to have, you know, how much they put out in marketing and all these different things that go with it. One of the things that the Ali Act says is, and this is a problem for MMA as a whole, you know, the, you, there are no world champions. If you're looking at uh, MMA, the, the promotions own the belts. It's the UFC heavyweight champion, the UFC lightweight champion, the Bellator middleweight champion, the Bellator welterweight champion. Yeah. So that's a promotional belt. That's why you have the LFA's got a belt. King of the Cage has belts. MMA has been promotions are in control of their own belts. That's why the UFC can, you know, at times say, yep, we're taking, we're stripping John Jones of the belt. Okay. So there's people that can sit there and say, well, that's not fair, but they can do that because they control their belt. Well, in with the, the Ali Act, no promoter can be in control of the belts. That's why you have now. With boxing, you have the WBC, the WBA, the WBO, the IBF, all these alphabet soup uh, organization of sanctioning bodies that are there. But, you know, those aren't really good either, too, because, no. you know, re realize that the fighters themselves pay a fee to that sanctioning body yeah. to have their belt on the line. And I'm, I'm talking sometimes it's $200,000. Okay, it's crazy. So, yes, you have an independent sanctioning body for the belt, but those independent sanctioning bodies many times are dirty and nasty and you know, they're they're not as good as what the promoters do with the belt. So, there are some good things that happen. The other part is you can't get locked into a contract like you have with the UFC or even Bellator. Because at the UFC, part of, you know, it was like Chris Cyborg you know, when, when Dana offered Chris Cyborg a rematch with Amanda Nunez and says, you know, I'll make it a one-fight contract. Yeah. Now, he, he's saying that and he's putting out in the media, but he knows that that contract says if she wins the championship, she owes them three fights. Yeah. You know, so it's really not a one-fight contract because she's going there saying, I'm going to win. If she doesn't win, then she's out of it. But if she does win, she, she now is basically stuck fighting in the UFC. She can't go anywhere else until she loses or is out of the contract. So that part is taken away. You can't have that anymore. So you can move around more, and that's why you'll see a lot of boxers will move around promoter to promoter. You know, you'll one time they're fighting for top rank, the next time they're fighting for you know, PBC or whatever, Golden Boy. So there, there are elements that are good for the fighters and there's elements that you look at and you go, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not going to help them that much. I just think that the sport has taken off based on, on the structure that the UFC has started is that we, we get five good fights. We get good fights on the prelims. You don't get that in boxing. You get two or three and they're not even that great. You get the one main fight. Yeah. Sometimes they are sometimes and majority of the time they're not.
And so when you're talking about boxing, people just tune in for the main event. And then the, the fair crop of that money goes to the main event. Now people say, well, yeah, but the fighters that are on the undercard, they still make 150, 200,000, 300. No, they don't. I'm like, no, not all the time. Sometimes they do. No, depending they on who don't. They are. Sometimes they do depending on who they are. But the majority of the time when it's when it's like Mayweather and, and somebody else, the same Mayweather and Connor, those fights below were making like maybe 20 and 20. They're not making shit, man. You know, some of sometimes them maybe, they're making sometimes they're making 500 and 500. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, like, it, look, look, it's true, though. It's I've, true. I can tell you. Like, I will tell you right now. People say it all the time. I've seen all the checks, both boxing and MMA. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, you know, the UFC does, you know, things different. What check is given out by the athletic commission is not always the entire amount that someone's going to get. Yeah. It's done in different ways. But I will tell you right now, low level MMA fighters make more money than boxing. Mid-level yeah. MMA fighters are making more than boxers. Yep. You get into the upper levels, there are more boxers making big money, but MMA fighters a lot of times are making more. It's only the top guys in boxing. You know, obviously the Floyd Mayweather is a different breed, but you know, and Manny Pacquiao, same thing. But the top top boxers, as a whole, are making more than the top uh, MMA fighters. Yeah, but that's about it. Because I used to I used to do the conditioning, strength conditioning for and for one of the fighters came Ricardo Cortez for a bar. He was a boxer. He mm -hmm. fought uh, James Kirkland. And he fought uh, James Kirkland, good fighter. Yep, and he fought Angulo. He was he he was he was signed with El Pedro. Um, yeah, he was signed with um, Goose and Tudor when they fought. So he made you know he had he made some good money for those fights, but he only made like twenty five and twenty five. I think yeah. thirty eight and thirty eight or something, thirty five and thirty five, something like that. I'm like at the time I was making more than that in strike force. Yep. And here you are fighting James Kirkland and Angulo. Yep. And I'm like these guys are fucking stone cold killers. I'm like, can you, you, that's all you're making. I'm like, you're, yeah. you're, you're like three, two, three fights away from a title shot against, you know, whoever else was in that. I think at the time it was, maybe it was Floyd at the time was the champ. No, it was somebody else. Anyways, it was, a, they were fighting at 54. And so I'm just like, I was going to say, uh, yeah, it might've been Canelo though too, but I think it was before Canelo. Canelo, so, yeah. Canelo Sergio, Sergio Martinez was the middleweight. Yeah. So. Anyway, so it was around that, around that era, that time. That's not a lot of money. That's not a lot of money. So when people were complaining about it, I'm like, you know, because I'm good friends with Fitch and John Fitch likes to get on there and talk about the Ollie Act and talk about getting it. I'm like, I don't think you guys understand. You could. It's not going to do what they think. Yeah, it's not going to do what you guys think. And it potentially could change the sport for the worse. Oh, tr trust me. I've had this conversation. Randy Couture has always been a big proponent of it. Now, there are certain aspects, and he's right about this. The ancillary rights was always the yes. big Okay, that was the big thing that Randy always fought for. You know, he would not hand over his ancillary rights, meaning his his look, his voice, you know, his name. They could not use that, and that's one of the things that the UFC is big in. You, when you sign with them, you automatically sign over your rights to them in perpetuity, meaning forever. Not me. They can use your name. They can use your likeness. And that's why they put you in the video game and you make diddly yeah. for it. You don't get a dime. They get to keep it all. Well, that would not happen based upon the Ali Act. They could not own your likeness, your name, your voice. They would have to pay you to put you on the video game. I got, I got paid to be in the video game. 
I'm glad. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, but I got paid so, both times. So, 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 so did I when I went in video games. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> That's I, when they, yeah. And when they offered me less to go back in the UFC games, I know, said, I'm nah. good. I don't need it. Yeah, I, I, I think fighters got to be very careful about how they approach this because they could change how the sport actually functions and what we're used to it being. Yes. That's what's made it successful. You start changing that. Now fans start losing interest, yep. you know, and once the fans start losing interest, less people start tuning in. And when less people start tuning in, look what's going on in the NBA and NFL right now. They're making changes right now. I mean, ESPN just let go of 500 something people because, you know, they made changes on the off season and what they're doing on the off season, but going into the season, these uh, type of well, they the, made changes. Let's be honest. The NBA players and the Major League Baseball players and the NFL players decided to do things, and there's less people watching them yeah. now. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's it, costing people jobs. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying, though, that's what I'm getting at, is that they made changes in that direction, and that that made people upset, and they don't tune in anymore. Now, that, now 500 people just got let go of ESPN. What I'm talking about is that when you start changing things, because Major League Baseball, NFL, and everything, they never allowed things like that to happen before. You know, having logos on your shirts, having, look, like, I'm, we're not getting political here. I'm just simply saying, like, if you start changing the dynamic of the sport, if you start changing the yeah, dynamic of the sport, they're used to tuning in and watching five fights. If that changes, yep. five good fights, you start changing that, they're like, all right, I'm just going to watch the main event. Now, all the people on the undercard, they're going to get paid less. If less people yep. watch and start watching from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, then you, that person, the people that are on the prelims, they ain't getting paid shit anymore because less people are watching. The TV revenues and the pay-per-view is what, what sells. That's what blinds their pocket of the fighters. So as much as I like Leslie Smith and I like John Fitch is one of my closest friends, you got to be careful what you guys are doing, man. Be they careful also, what you're pushing for. They also pay your freedoms. Because, they, you know, like Dana, I think Dana does a good job of saying like, when it came to like uh, Kobe versus Tyron, like pre-fight, they could do everything they want as far as talking about all their support for whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. But when it came to Showtime, like that production was was MMA and it was just MMA and it was there was nothing else going on with it. Like you know, even post-fight interview, Kobe can say whatever he wants, but that production was was MMA through and through. There was no that, like that no, that would that wouldn't change no matter if the Aliak passed or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but what, I guess what I'm saying is like is like what you're saying with um you know losing fan interest because you want to change you you want to change the image to present according to people's beliefs and things like that. You no, you're changing no what I'm saying is you're getting what's going to happen is you oppose the Ali act, right? Less people will start watching cuz you'll get less good fights cuz more of the money will go to the main fight, the main event. So then people will, they'll start changing the dynamic of how many fights are on the card now versus having the, 10 the, fights. The main event, the main event fighters get a certain percentage. Yeah. yeah. Face, I, I was yeah. just making another point. I was making a different point, but okay. I understand what you're saying. Gotcha. Yeah. That's what that's going to, it's going to change. Like also all the people that are on the undercard, you know how we get like 10 to 12 undercard fights. Those will all go away. You'll probably just get say five to six because now all that money is going to go to the main event. Because they get to see what the actual revenue stream is coming in for exactly. the actual and show. You got to understand the, the promoter is looking and saying, why am I doing these 12 fights when I can do six? Half of them I'm paying. I'm not going to pay this money out. That money goes to me. Yeah. And the rest, because the, the main event's going to say, hey, I deserve 40% of the revenue that comes in for the game. And the, it will be more than that. that so that means they're going to take up all the money and the kid, the, the fighters that are. So you're going to have less fighters on the rosters. 
that are contracted. So the, there'll be less fighters. There'll be there'll be more fighters that say fighting check to check because they're not getting paid as much and they don't know when their next fight's going to get booked. It's like boxers, right? If you're not an Oscar De La Hoya or a Floyd Mayweather or somebody who's relevant now, Canelo, okay? Like if you're not one of them, those guys don't know when they're fighting. They're just training and just waiting for their promoter to get them a fight. And they don't know when it's going to happen. They're just waiting for their manager to talk to a promoter. And those promoters have a ton of leverage. We'll put you on when we want. Yeah. We don't need you now. That's the other thing I was going to ask you is I know a boxer who he never knows when he's going to fight. And, That's the and, thing. And he like hurts all the time. And he's like yeah. 33 now and he's fought like twice in the last three or four years yeah and that's the problem yep. see with with that's the benefit with the ufc they guarantee you a certain amount of fights bellator same thing we have to fight you three times or four times in, in and if they months. don't fight you they, they pay you they pay you which they usually try to fight you yeah <laughs> so i mean they're they're on track like that's the thing you can be an active fighter and you your your destiny is in your own hands that's the one thing I, I got to say, like the UFC, they did a great job when they organized this thing. As much as I'm like, yeah, it would be great to have the Ali Act. It would be get, it'd be great to have more of the revenue stream of the gate and all this other shit. Motherfucker, I got a house, a pool, a, a car, a gym. <laughs> a I'm happy with everything I got. And I got it all by just fighting. Just do what Eddie Alvarez did. Go from promotion to promotion. Make the most money. Test the free market agency out. There's nothing that says. I know you may think that the UFC can get mad at you. da 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 but they'll take you back if you keep winning another organization. They're not going to tell you no. Oh, yeah. They're they, they, Dana White. Look at Anthony Johnson. He went to. P they want good fighters. He went to the World Series of Fighting, beat everybody there, came back, made triple what he was making before he left. They will take you. They will look at what Ben Askren. Ben Askren was the champion of every other organization. They finally got him on a trade, brought him in. They had they fought him. It didn't work out for him. But guess what? They'll get he's who older. they want. Yeah, he's old. He had an old man hip. But they'll get him though. You know what I mean? Like if you win fights, they'll want you. So don't don't think in terms of like, oh, if I leave, they're gonna be mad. No, if you leave and you win, they'll want you back. And Winning just, solves everything. And just keep checking the free market agency. Keep checking it. it. There's nothing wrong with that. You're looking out for you and your livelihood. That's all you gotta do. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Hey guys. <laughs> yes. It has been great. Two hours, two and a half hours almost. Yeah, two and a half Damn. hours. Damn. John, you can talk. Gosh, I think I said about three words that entire Jeez, time. Nah, nah, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I gotta give a shout out real quick. Um, like yeah, I, I was I was actually watching Bellator live on YouTube with a group of guys from a channel called Pub Sports Radio, and uh, you guys were getting props nonstop. So, uh, and I just wanted to see like that you guys on the Bellator broadcast, man. That was that was legit. Like you guys, there's just a really good rhythm um like between you guys and i think obviously the podcast helps obviously but um just like it sounds good it helps the production it helps the quality of the fight and all that so um. yeah you know i i think so too but i think you're a little biased though <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a homer you're I'm a, a homer. homer hey god bless you for being a homer oh man well thank you dave uh, I thank you dave I, we, we do get a lot we of compliments fun. about the fact that we do it does come across really well we i have gone back and listened to us and I think that it, it we do mesh well. And Goldie, honestly, like realistically, like it's it's meshed very well with the three of us being six feet apart. And I kind of like it because they two of them, I'm in the middle. The two of them stink. So I'm glad that we're six <laughs> feet apart now. <laughs> but it, it's it's been good. I got to tell you, it's been good because the first couple shows we did, we were that far apart. We were afraid we were going to start stepping on each other because the UFC, they, got, they had some problems when they first started. They don't know when sure. the next person's going to talk. When they're sitting yeah, next to you, you kind of tap them like, hey, I'm going to go. I got something to say. And they tap you when they're done or like, hey, okay, you can go. So there's that conversation. But when you're six feet apart, 
you're kind of always looking left and right. You're missing some of the fight sometime, but it, I've have noticed that it, it has been fun. You know, we kind of get caught up sometimes because we do have such a good relationship. <laughs> We're joking around a little bit too much. We you get know, yelled at. Yeah, we get yelled at sometimes. <laughs> All right, you guys I'll, can stop that now. I'll get a text from Coker. <laughs> hey, you guys, dial it down a little bit. Get a lot of hits. Hey, hey you guys so, having fun? Good, stop it. Good, stop it. Stop jo it. Josh will be like talking about the two fighters, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that, I didn't notice that. Actually, oh, I didn't even notice that. And then John will be like, yeah, and then Todd Anderson, the referee, you know, he did a great job. And I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot there was a referee in the cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... But uh, that's good. All right, guys. Well, hey, I hope you guys enjoy the show. We're just having fun, having a good time. I uh, hope you guys enjoy our midweek shows. They will do another one next week. We're going to continue them on, hopefully, as much as possible, even though we're not on the road anymore. So we won't have the cool background as much for a little while until we go back into um, December after this week's show. But I want to say hit the thumbs up on the YouTube. The reason why we hit it up. Why do we hit it up? So that we don't have to see Ariel Hawani in DC, so we don't have to see Anakin Florian, so we don't have to see Chio Sonnen. So Dude, I don't want to see those people. If you hit the thumbs up, that will share our videos over theirs to other people that you guys know. So we appreciate that, and that will get our videos out. Look, there's a one thing I wanted to say, though, is we Dave brought this up the other day. Our show started just like a week or two um, before or after combat, morning combat with Luke Thomas. And we are, I think we have a couple more, uh, a couple hundred, a couple thousand more subscribers than him. And, and our views are doing very well. And I want to thank you guys for following us, sharing our videos, helping build our platform. Uh, it's up, to, it's been, really been up to you guys. You guys enjoy what we say. John obviously has been huge uh, when the two of us have come together on this thing, but he's been doing, a, he, he breaks down something. And when I had asked him to do the show, it really was a big, a big deal to me is because even though I was a fighter for 20 years, Nobody knows the rules. None of those fighters in that damn cage know the rules. No one. And they also don't know the actual fouls as far as in terms of what you get five minutes for, what you don't get five minutes for. They also don't know when it comes down to the scoring system and, and how to score things. And I know we talk about John Wright and the rules, but it really comes down to just knowing the sport in and out. And I, I'm blessed to say that I do the show with you and it's been fun. I, and we have so much fun on the road you know, talking and just chirping about the dumbest shit ever, but we're nerds. And I, I want you guys to realize we are nerds when it comes to this. When you guys, if you guys could be a fly on the wall in some of our conversations, you guys like we start talking about two of the best fighters in the world. And by the, the, by the end of 30 minutes, we're talking about Magomed Magomedov in Russia and him fighting Peter Yan. And, and just, it ends up being in this whole thing where we end up being distracted uh, with all the other potential fights that could happen. So. I just want to thank you guys for obviously making this show take off and just keep hitting the thumbs up. Keep sharing our videos on your on your social media platforms. Tag us in it. We will also share them after when you guys tag us in it. And uh, we've been getting a ton of great artwork as well. Um, somebody, oh, yeah. Somebody made the, the logo that's on John's shirt there. And somebody else also made like these character cartoon characters of us that we're going to probably uh, try to get thrown up on a shirt as well. We're going to get a little bit higher resolution of it, but it turned out beautifully as well. well we've we've been lucky with our fans and you guys just keep sending us artwork, keep sending us stuff, and we're going to keep putting it on our shirts and and selling, and, and selling them off and showing your guys' this stuff all around. We appreciate you guys. We do. We want to say thank you because you know what? We have fun doing this because yeah. we love the sport. We actually like each other too. It's kind of <laughs> amazing it's but. weird right you never think a guy uh, is 78 years old like a guy dude, you know what am i 20, 24 now you just want to hang out with the old guys it's true it's true you can learn a lot from a dummy <laughs> if you guys are if you guys are watching on youtube 
the thumbs up is right underneath Josh and the subscribe is right underneath John. That's how easy it is to, yep. to share this this video is by just clicking those buttons right underneath them. And even if you want to hit the thumbs down, we still get recognition. We still get paid. We don't care. Just, hit, <laughs> <laughs> just still, hit, still hit the thumbs down, thumbs up. We don't care. Yeah. Either one promotes the video. So. <laughs> That's if awesome. you hit the thumbs down, I will find out who you are. <laughs> I will hunt you down and I will beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just kidding great. all right last thing you want one of these cool shirts right here prowrestlingtees.com go to it hit the weighing in look at josh's wonderful face punch it with that arrow it will take you to all of our shirts that we have that we will be adding more to but use the code fight until the end of the year december 31st and you will get 20 percent off on our cool cool shirts we have another and the one last thing dro- we have another one that's dropping Good. too monday there's an epic shirt coming out on monday that you guys are going to want epic epic shirt you epic. Guys are gonna how do to i not on. know about the epic shirt well, if you read your text you would know yeah they, that would you be said you liked it it's the one you I made was, the other day oh, yeah. oh that one dude i love that that one. was a great one and then J- and then dave did a couple little uh things on it there so oh, it looks, did he? yeah Good. yeah so when you look at the picture and the image he sent you there's some new graphics that he added to that one sh- that oh, one logo good, that one design so it, it turned out pretty cool i'm excited to see uh see it on a shirt except i'm i'm, I'm actually writing bitch on that thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you got but you got the gun so. that's <laughs> true to be fair john you're the one driving the motorcycle josh just yeah, had know, josh had to ride up front like a toddler <laughs> But it's it's still nuts to butts. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it is a little weird. It's that it's that Hans and and uh, Chael thing. Chael thing yes, and then the, I know someone sent me a message last week saying I went to put in the promo code uh, FET. It's not FET. FET. It's, it's not fight. FET. It's not F E I G H T. It's it's not FET because they they misunderstood Dave and his accent. It's fight. Promo code fight <laughs> gets you twenty percent off. Check out the new shirt on Monday. It drops on Monday, and uh, we're hoping to drop another one or two in the next two weeks. So, uh, you guys, thank you so much, and we'll see you guys soon. What do you got to say, John? Who y'all? Oh, see ya. See. Ya. <laughs>